Councillor Henry says Stevenage Borough Council is opposed to the EDL march going ahead, but accepts the organisation has a democratic right to voice its opinion. He said meetings have been held with local groups and various communities to reassure them that there will be as little disruption as possible and a lot of planning has gone into ensuring the march goes off peacefully. A Hertfordshire police spokeswoman said they're well equipped to deal with this kind of event and have dealt with other protests in the past. The Conservatives have won the Newark by-election, retaining the Nottinghamshire seat, but UKIP cut cut their majority from more than 16,000 in 2010 to just under 7,500. The Liberal Democrats lost their deposit in finishing sixth. Turnout was nearly 53%. The ambulance service say a motorcyclist has suffered life-changing injuries after a collision with a van on the A10 just north of Royston yesterday afternoon. Crews were called just before two o'clock. The 25-year-old man was taken to Addenbrooke's hospital with serious leg injuries. Aylesbury's hopes of reaching gold standard in the annual Britain in Bloom could be ruined by long grass. According to a Bucks County councillor, Liberal Democrat Stephen Lambert says the three authorities which cut the town's verges need to work together. Ceremonies are taking place in Normandy to mark the 70th anniversary of the D-Day landings. Nearly 20 world leaders, including the Queen and President Obama, and hundreds of veterans will attend the main commemoration on Sword Beach. David Cameron says it's a humbling experience. People of my generation just find it hard to believe what people of my grandfather's generation did to ensure we could all live in freedom. And when you hear the stories of people coming back again in their 90s, of what they did and how brave they were, how many people they lost, it just is incredibly humbling. In sport, Andy Murray faces Rafael Nadal today in the semi-finals of the French Open and the world's best canoeists will be at the Lee Valley Centre in Hertfordshire as the three-day canoe slalom World Cup begins. It will be the first time the Olympic venue has hosted international competition since London 2012. The weather, a fine and sunny day, maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It has everything you could wish for. Good shops, character, life, nice people. It's all about where you live. There's lots of people around that we know. There's a really good sense of community. And all this week, we're featuring Stony Stratford. It's got character and you'll find something to do if you want to join in. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, guys. It's Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. Yesterday, I must tell you, I'll tell you later on when we have people listening to the show. Uh, Yesterday was one of the best days of my life ever. Two amazing things. You having a stretch there, Matt? A lovely stretch. It's a little bit off-putting, mate. (laughs) It's it's in my eye line. It's put me off a bit. He's got very long arms. Isn't he just? He's not six foot four, though, as he claims. Six foot two if he's a day. (laughs) So if you just put your arm... Put the arms down, Matt. I know, too much. Yeah, good stretch Friday. Yep, a good stretch Friday. Okay, that's not that's not gonna catch on. Two amazing things happened to me yesterday. Number one? I'll I'll tell you in a little bit. I want to tell you when we got people listening. Oh. Why do you sound like you're you're in the 1940s? Me? Yeah. So are you gonna tell us? Is that better? No, you sound you sound very 1940s. Just talk. What? Tell us um, tell us about the D-Day landings. Um, well. Doesn't she? She sounds AM. Why? I don't know. Is no. this microphone on? Let me pull the thing out. You'd have to fix it again. I can fix it. 
Hey, this is not the... Uh, that was a YouTube hit, though. How's that? Wasn't oh, it? for goodness sakes. This is not the smooth start to the show I was expecting. I've got good news to give you. Two amazing things happened to me yesterday. Anyway, what's happening today? Where's Woburn Forest? Why aren't the cutting the grass? That's what it says. That's what it says. They. I read... You sound like you're... You, are you... Are you dialing in from the olden days? No, I'm not. Can you hear it, Kells? I'll come in. No, don't bother. And what's the EDL's beef? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It'll just be a, a flick. A switch that needs flicking. That's what Pete Townsend thought when he wrote this. I asked for pictures of Lily. You said substitute. I meant pictures of Lily. Pictures of Lily's brilliant Let's, let's go and get pictures of li- what, Lily. Right now? Go and get it now. Okay. That's what. If I said substitute, I apologise. I meant pictures no, of Lily. But you were substituting it with did I say pictures of... Did I no, say... you said substitute. I can't talk to you. No bad thing. Pictures <laughs> of Lily is my favourite. Pictures of Lily is better. That's what I meant. If I said substitute, guys, you have my sincerest apologies. I don't think I did. You did say substitute. Shut up, Matt. Catherine? Is this any better? No, can you what not hear? That? No, I can't. My headphones are a bit. Uh... Yeah, it sounds like you're. Um, you're. And on the BBC later on this evening, we'll be uh, looking. Love and calling. That's it. That's it. What? There's obviously a, 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 a switch that I need to flick somewhere, but I wouldn't have a clue. I'll do it. I'm just gonna do a song. For oh, this Kelly. <sighs> You really, Kelly. Kelly, Kelly you're dropping paper now as well. She's dropping paper. Dropping paper. <clears throat> what are you doing, Matt? She's got tokens on the desk. Empty cups. You need to sort yourself out. <laughs> sort a, out your working area. That's a full cup. Mine's all I'm clean, look. Yeah, yeah, and by working. the way, Matt, well done for making Kelly a cup. Yeah. And nobody else. No, I made you a cup earlier. And then yeah, yeah, Kelly... earlier, but then you went and made a second round. No, no, Kelly, you've only had one cup. Are you working on some sort of quota? Kelly's had one cup. No, it, but, you, you, well, no but when you go in, you, you don't, it's not one pub, it's, you, it's you're not, on a second round, mate. There's no selfish coffees in this team. Kath, I'm really going to have to ask you to stay out of this conversation. Can you press stop? Yeah. And then introduce the Who pictures of Lily? No. I used to wake up in the morning I used to feel so bad I got so sick of having sleepless nights I went and told my dad He said, son, now here's some little something And stuffed them on my wall And now my nights seem quite so lonely In fact, I, I don't feel bad at all I don't feel bad at all Pictures of Lily made my life so Pictures of Lily
you hey mister have you ever seen pictures of lily oh wait four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number if you want to give us a call i warn you now if Catherine boyle speaks at any point during the show uh, she will sound like she's from 1942 we, we've uh, we've gone over the studio with uh, a fine tooth comb and by that i mean we've flicked around some knobs and done something with faders and we can't change it never mind but hey it feels as if it's been a long time coming but the new center parks resort opens near amp hill this morning! They're calling it Woburn Forest, presumably because it sounds posher, and they claim it will inject £20 million into the area every year, having recruited 90% of its staff from a 15-mile radius. There are high hopes that traders in Ampthill and Flitwick will also get a boost, but people who've actually stayed at a centre parks wonder whether tourists will spend anything off-site once they're installed in one of its 625 lodges. Well, if you're going there today, if you're booked in in the next few weeks, do give us a call and let us know what you're expecting. Joined now by Peter Nunn, who's a travel journalist and broadcaster. Morning, Peter. Good morning to you, and I'm looking. Do you know what, mate? I'm looking outside the window right now, and the sky is blue. The sun is shining. They're going to be so happy. At that. But isn't Centre Parks all in a dome? No. Oh. <laughs> One of the big central areas, which is the subtropical swimming area, it is in that dome environment. But the whole idea of Centre Parks is that it is set in a forest environment it's all about a nature short break these these places they are quite enclosed aren't they you once once you're in there you don't need to go outside so it it seems odd for for centre parks to claim that local businesses will do well well I, you know you i think it's right on both counts i mean certainly i'm i'm a centre parks guy a dad with two children and i've been to centre parks a few times i mean of course the idea is that there are all the facilities there and, you know, a cynic might say because it, they want you or a similar camp to make sure you spend your money there. But it is also about the convenience of having everything that you want there. You've got your restaurants and you will have some shops. Having said that, I do think that you will have a collection of people on their way there mm. that are going to pick up a few things it's like any kind of local environment most people now tend to go to the big supermarkets but then they will also um hopefully do some some shopping in some of their local shops as well local residents uh, were led to believe that they might um, be getting day passes center parks uh, aren't doing that now and i know that some of the big theme parks, i know legoland for example gives um day passes to to people who live within a, a couple of miles radius is do you think maybe center parks should consider that to, to create generate a bit of local goodwill well (laughs) that's a question that no doubt you're going to put to to center parks and if it was something that they were considering or whether it was something that people hope they would consider of course it's a it's a great idea but the whole idea of center parks is that you do go there and you stay there yeah and you've left your car behind and you're walking around or you're cycling around. That is what the concept is all about. So, but it's a, it's a fair question. It's one that no doubt you will ask them. I'm going to slam it to them, Peter. Don't you worry about that. I've never been to a centre park. Is it any good? 
I'm, I'm a fan of centre parks, and I think if you're a family and you've got children, then I think it's a really, really good concept. They've got, this is their fifth one in the UK, and they're also in other parts of Europe. The secret, though, Ian, is that you've got to choose in advance how you want to spend your money. Oh. To parks, it can accumulate the, the pennies out of your pocket, no question about that, but I think any holiday can. Um, my accountant is a massive fan of centre parks, but he's mean. He's very mean, so when he goes, he only does the activities that he doesn't have to pay for. Oh. Yeah, absolutely, but me... I, I oh. like the sound of this guy. <laughs> That's why he's an accountant. Yeah, yeah. But, but that is the point. I will go there, and I will happily do a few of the additional activities. At centre parks, the, the, the swimming, that big dome that you and I were just talking about, that is included within your price. And mm. you can use the forest, and there are some children's activities and play areas that are all included. Everything else, there's a big shopping list of activities. You do have to pay for all of those. There are, obviously, there's lots of restaurants. Clearly, you will have to pay for those. Back to my accountant, Dan. He will take a lot of his own food, and he'll do all the self-catering bit, and they just tend to stick to the activities, the things, mostly the swimming. But me, I'm the other side. So I think you've just got to choose which person that you want to be. You know, tight Dan, where you're not yep. to pay for things, yep. or me, where you're happy to pay for a few other things. Otherwise, I think it can start to kind of Tight Dan or Lucy Goosey Peter. It, 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 the choice is your Peter. Thank you very much, Peter Nunn, travel journalist and broadcast. I'm on the side of his accountant, Tight Dan. I want a bit of that. I, well, listen, I want to spend as little money as possible. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We've got a nice quiet start so far. Uh, none of the major routes are looking busy at the moment. Got some roadworks to watch out for, though. In Wing, the Ellsbury Road is closed as you head towards Leighton Buzzard. That's between Church Street and the Wing roundabout. And in Bledsoe, the A6 between Mill Road and the Bourne End Lane. That's closed, too. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 6.16, it's Friday. The 6th of June, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Holiday company Centre Park says its new resort in Bedfordshire, which opens today, will inject £20 million a year into the local economy. Sorry, a little windy pops there. I wolfed down a bowl of cornflakes uh, before the show, so you might be getting a few of those as the morning progresses. Police and the council in Stevenage say they're working to ensure peaceful marches by the EDL and the TUC in the town tomorrow. And ceremonies are taking place in Normandy to mark the 70th anniversary of the D-Day landings. BBC Three Counties Radio. World War One at home on the BBC. I tracked a dead man down a trench. I knew not he was dead. This week, we revealed some amazing untold stories. The noise must have been terrific because I don't think there was anything between your head and the steel side of the tank and discovered surprising local memories. See, we were drafted from St Leonard's to the boathouse in Boulogne. We had to stay the night, and the boathouse was infested by rats. If you miss them or want to hear them again, go to bbc.co.uk slash WW1. At Wadston, if we can be seen to be trying to do something for the war effort, then everybody else should be able to do that. World War One at Home on the BBC.
Good question. Good question. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Councils across the three counties are having to make savings. Only this week we heard about the rising cost of children in care, changes to the way people in sheltered accommodation are looked after. Well, the list goes on. But one Aylesbury councillor is keen that his area keeps up appearances in spite of financial constraints. Lib Dem Stephen Lambert represents Aylesbury West on the county council and joins me now. Morning, Stephen. Morning, Ian. You're, you're worried about your chances of winning Britain in bloom? Well, yeah, I am, really, yes. Why? Well, there are three different uh, regimes of grass-cutting across Aylesbury. One for Housing Trust, one District Council, one County Council. They all do it to different levels, and uh, you know, I just want to get it right so that... Now, County Town can go for gold and win Britain in Bloom. But wh- why? What do you mean, why? <laughs> well, I mean, um, why? 
we've had we've had so many complaints about grass cutting. It's the most visible, uh, aside from the roads, the most visible service that the council offer or do. And um, it just it just looks good. It gives us a great feel across the town. We've had loads of complaints about grass not being cut. Uh, and have you had any complaints about cuts to public services? Because surely those things are slightly more important than, than, than the grass and whether you win a, a competition, you know, because that says, hey, Aylesbury looks quite nice. This, this is about, this is not just about other services. There was no need to cut the regime this year at all. It was a personal decision of the previous cabinet member. Uh, the county council had, well, all the councils had more money this year out of the extra growth that has occurred. So the All councils have had more money? This particular council did, yes. How much, what, in general, how much more money has your council had? When I, I thought all councils were have, facing huge cuts. But in government funding, yes, there, was, there are cuts going right across the board, yes. So, so what, you, what extra money have you managed to find down the back of the sofa then? Well, <laughs> not that, exactly down the back of the sofa. There, are, there has been extra housing growth in Aylesbury Vale, which has meant more council tax receipts, which meant more money coming in that was unexpected. So some services were bought back, as it were, so they weren't cut from the county council perspective. So, you know, really this was looking at what we can do to make our town, you know, one of the best county towns in the country and um, trying to get the right kind of support. So all three councils are working together to, uh, to achieve uh, good status in Brittany Bloom. And what I don't want to do is, is to let it down at the last minute just because we've got a grass-cutting regime that, you know, is so short. Have you shut any libraries in your area? No, we haven't. OK, have you cut back on any elderly serv- services for elderly people? No, in fact, the county council... Oh, in that case, if you've not... So you've made no cuts at all? There were some cuts to services. Which, which services have you cut? Such as the community and cohesion service role. Right. What does that do? That's the service that helps vulnerable people. Ah. Ah, Stephen, come on now. You're a sensible man. A service that helps vulnerable people versus cutting the grass. Come on. Come on. Because what you're looking at here, this was out of the budget that was ring-fenced for transportation for which uh, grass cutting comes under... You know, there was no need to make this particular cut. What I'm delighted is the new cabinet member is happy to work with us to see how we can improve our chances. Because it's a, it's a three-way okay. project between... So you would, you'd rather have the grass cut than put money into services for vulnerable people? Get off. You're just trying to make a good headline out of that, Ian. Come on, you know... Well, no, you, you tell me. You've, you've made cuts in services for vulnerable people and yet you're banging on about cutting the grass. Which is Which is more important? Look, you're looking at it the wrong way. Here. Which is no, so, but which is more important? No, the point. The point being is the services that we do as a council. I'm not in the administration. Remember, I'm an opposition group. Yeah. Uh, so I did challenge the cuts that were made. There were no need to make the cuts that were made this year. Okay. We increased council tax. In my view, there was no need to do so. So cutting the grass. I, I just want to get clear this up. That, that, that cutting the grass is more important than services for vulnerable people. In your opinion? No, it is not. That, that is not the case. But where we have an opportunity to continue working with parish councils and town councils to deliver services, we should do so. And one of the things that we do in partnership is cut the grass. There are three different regimes, and it's working together in harmony to make sure they're all cut at the same time, doing the right thing at the same time so that you know, the whole area looks well for the judging. The Lib Dems aren't doing brilliantly at the moment, are they? 
Well, it's been a bit of a challenge. Well, they, they came sixth, I think, sixth or seventh in the by-election yesterday. So, so they're not doing great. Do you think it's perhaps because that quite often their focus is on things that people don't deem to be a high priority? Liberal Democrats are community activists. We are grassroots, literally, community activists. We are out there in our communities, embedded in our communities. Sometimes you get washed over by... Well, by national... Well, by, by... Let's get this right for the by-election. By the, in order, I think, by the Conservatives, by UKIP, by Labour, by an Independent, and then by the Greens. Yeah, that was really unfortunate, because David, our candidate, was is a really... He lost his deposit. Unfortunately, sometimes that happens in elections, yeah. But what the point I'm making, Stephen, is do, 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 do you think, when, when the Lib Dems... Um, are struggling. That perhaps focus should be on on, on what on, on things that people uh, 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 th- th- have a bigger impact on people's lives. Well, Brennan Bloom does have a massive impact right across the country. It's been running for fifty years, and it does have an impact. People love seeing the floral displays. They like the way that the town is cleaned up. There are community groups, okay. women's institute to schools to scouts to little guerrilla gardeners, just taking care of their bit of green across Alsbury Town. And this is about coordinating effort. It's about cutting the grass regime. It's a case of coordinating it properly so that it all works together. Uh, so what's the solution, Councillor uh, Stephen Lambert? How, how are you going to deal with this? How are you going to get this grass mown? Well, well the Cabinet member and I are going to have a discussion about what, what, timing, what timings the next grass cutting is going to take place where it takes place, how it's all scheduled, to make sure that it links in with the District Council and the Housing Trust, so that, because there are pieces of grass, believe it or not, where one council cuts one piece of grass and another doesn't cut to another. Oh, yeah, no, I've seen those things. That's crazy when one side of the road gets done and the other side gets done a month later. Uh, Stephen, listen, I I wish you the very... You're a good sport for coming on, thank you. I I wish you the very best of luck, of course, with with winning Britain in bloom. If you want to have your uh, say on that, 08459 455 double five is the telephone number I, uh, yes of course cutting the grass is 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 important and the way that your towns and your villages and your our cities they look it's important of course it's important i just you know uh, uh, priorities i don't know have i got it wrong perhaps i have travel news for beds hearts and bugs bbc three counties radio Still got a nice quiet start so far. On the speed sensors, the M1 flowing freely and the M25, that's not looking busy either yet. Some roadworks in Haynes, the high road, the 40 miles per hour section is closed for roadworks. On public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Holiday Company Centre Park say its new resort in Bedfordshire, which opens today, will inject £20 million a year into the local economy. Woburn Forest will cater for 350,000 guests each year. Police and the council in Stevenage say they're working to ensure peaceful marches by the EDL and the TUC in the town tomorrow. The Conservatives have won the Newark by-election, retaining the Nottinghamshire seat ahead of UKIP in second, and ceremonies are taking place in Normandy to mark the 70th anniversary of the D-Day landings. Nearly 20 world leaders, including the Queen and President Obama, and hundreds of veterans will attend the main commemoration on Sword Beach. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Andy Murray faces Rafael Nadal today in the semi-finals of the French Open. Their match will be second on court, following Novak Djokovic against Ernest Gulbis. Murray lost to Nadal on clay at the Rome Masters last month. It was quite clear in, in my head as well what was what was working and what wasn't. There's obviously different conditions here in a different court. When we played in Rome, it was extremely cold. It was raining and it was wet. I've been told it was meant to be 25 or 26 degrees. Um, So conditions change, which makes the match um, slightly different as well. England midfielder Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain says he's staying positive over his chances of playing in the World Cup following Wednesday night's knee injury against Ecuador. Manager Roy Hodgson says they'll give Oxlade-Chamberlain every chance of proving his fitness. We couldn't say for certain how long it would take for him to recover. Obviously what he'll get, he'll get very extensive treatment now. Um, We've got the right, if we want to, replace him uh, up to 24 hours before the first game. But we'll do everything we can to keep him with us. In rugby, scrum half Danny Kerr is out of England's first test in New Zealand tomorrow, so Ben Youngs is called up. Practice takes place this afternoon, our time, for Sunday's Canadian Grand Prix. And the world's best canoeists will be at the Lee Valley White Water Centre in Hertfordshire today as the three-day Canoe Slalom World Cup begins. It will be the first time the Olympic venue has hosted international competition since London 2012, but Bedford gold medalist Etienne Stott misses out due to his shoulder injury. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at 7. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, there we go. It's funny how some people can get upset. Now, uh, Catherine's joined me in my studio. So yes. Did you speak? Hello. You sound, sound normal. Okay. I, I mean, I say normal, I mean, you still got that funny accent, but <laughs> you uh, sounded very odd in the other studio. Okay, well, I was a bit odd in there, to be honest. Well, you've come to look through the papers. Yeah, let's have a look. They're in a lot. I mean, I say they're in a lot. I'm, I'm not in any way demeaning the excellent coverage of uh, D-Day, the D-Day anniversary. Can I ask? Uh, can I ask a really stupid question? Oh, I've never stopped you before. I'm going to ask Kelly the stupid question first. Kelly. Yes. What do you think D-Day stands for, apart from peace and victory? Oh. What does the D stand for in D-Day? Dog. Okay. <laughs> Matt's pulled the surprised face. I think you may have offended a few people. No, there, no, no, Kelly. because Dog Day, Dog Day Afternoon oh, right. is a film and it's a phrase. Oh, well, there you go. It kind of means the, the, the underdog having their day. Dog well, day you, after... need, you know more than me. Okay, but what, what do you think D Day stands for, Matt? Apart from freedom and peace in, in Europe? Declaration Day. Okay, I, well, Catherine, what does D, the D and D Day stand for? Hey, it turns out this wasn't such a stupid question That's after all. One. Isn't it just. Oh, there might have been other days before. A another... Day, B Day, C Day. Well, yeah. No, it must... Okay. I know VE Day and VJ Day, victory in Japan, victory in Europe. Yeah, we know that. We've got that. That's that's a given. Is D to do with um, defence or Dunkirk or something? I'm so glad I asked this question then, because I thought I'd come in and I thought all of you, apart from Kelly, um, would be going... Thanks, mate. You're welcome. Isn't it just a code name? We'd just be laughing at me going, oh, you don't know what D Day is. You should know what it is. But, okay. well, can someone call in? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What on earth does the D and D day stand for? I don't feel ashamed to ask it now. You should never be ashamed to ask a question. You're right. Lesson to kids. You're absolutely right. And if you can't, if you don't know what a word means, ask. Yeah, don't pretend you know. I aver that you should always ask what a word Ava. means. Aver. 
Anyway, the 08459 555 What does the D in D-Day stand for? That's actually a genuinely really good question now, and I'm not stupid. But there's excellent coverage uh, in all of the newspapers of this. Uh, with the, the pictures, page two and three of the mail, with, um, I think they did. They, they didn't put out 90,000 flags, did they? To uh, Yeah, yeah, they, yeah did. they did. They did, 90,000 flags uh, on the beach uh, of Normandy, and a gentleman saluting it. My favourite picture from the D-Day coverage, though, it's page five of the mail. They got some of these old boys. These old boys, they're in their very late 80s, 90s, okay? These, these are heroes who stormed the beach on June the 6th, uh, 1944, but they're old men now. Uh, and so some of them are turned up in their wheelchairs and with their Zimmer frames and stuff like that. Great, you've got to respect that. This old fella, Jock, Jock Hutton, 89, he's being parachuted in. He doesn't look very happy He's not enjoying it! <laughs> look at Jock's face! Jock is not in, he's strapped to another fella he, Jock is not enjoying that Jock is thinking why can't I go in a wheelchair like the others it's, the pose is, it can only be described as resignation <laughs> <laughs> if I have to I mean I didn't enjoy doing this last time it was flipping like, uh, there are going to be Nazis shooting at me this time yeah, he doesn't look happy at all. They they should have put a few fellas hiding in bushes with no, with guns, come on, shouldn't no, they? No, I mean some of these people are still suffering with the consequences, no, aren't they? The, the coverage is incredible and it has uh, been fascinating. We'll be certainly be playing uh, an extended piece about the D-Day coverage later on in the show. Fem- family members of mine told stories about, I mean, the landings. You see it on the films, and we're kind of distanced from it. Yeah, they win, blah blah blah. Yeah. It was it was confusion. Yeah. It was mayhem. They were landing them too too far away from the beach, so yeah. they were getting off and being drowned by their own packs. Yeah. It, it's just, and you were watching man after man in front of you and thinking, it's my turn next yeah. and I've got to go. There was they, no were, they were boys. They were boys. They were totally boys. It's incredible. Debbie's on the A1. Morning, Debbie. Good morning, Ian. Debbie, now, listen, I, I hate to show my ignorance, but luckily my whole team is displaying theirs. What does the D in D-Day stand for? I'm not 100% certain, but I seem to think it's deliverance. Deliverance? Yeah. Like, what, what we're going to deliver justice? I don't know. No. I, just, I just seem to think it's deliverance, but I don't know where that's come from. Deliverance is in rescue, surely. Mm. To save somebody. Okay. What? What? Where, where did you? Where did you hear that, Debbie? Where, where did you get that from? Being effective listening skills. I don't know where it came from. Oh. Is she? Sorry. Hang on, Debbie. One second. Is she having a pop at me? No. Yes. She was. Uh, hey, Ian. Hang on, Debbie. Were you having? A, can we just clear something up? Were you having a pop at me then? Oh, I've got to have a pop at you. No, she, she was. Hang on, was she having a pop then? A bit, yeah. She was, wasn't she? Mm. Cheeky. Very cheeky, Debbie. Luckily, I've got the, the memory of a goldfish, and I've forgotten what we were just talking about. <laughs> well, can I just say, I spoke to you about a month ago. Oh, I know who you are. Really? Y- yeah, you're mucky, Debbie. Yes. Yeah, OK. Have you calmed down a bit now, love? No, not really. Oh, for goodness sakes. Go, can co- I, can I, go can on. I just shoot, can I, oh, God, that was a dodgy overtake. No, sorry. And, um... What? There was something on Facebook last night, and it was so frustrating I couldn't open it. Apparently it was the funniest thing ever, about you and the minty biscuit. And I took about five minutes trying to open it. Couldn't open it. It's, what was it all about? It's 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 um, someone calling in to talk about blue badges and minty biscuits. It's not the funniest thing in the world, um, but it, I, I, you, you did well to avoid it, Debbie. I think it's on YouTube, Debbie. If you want to try that. Thanks, Catherine. I'll have a look. <laughs> Debbie, nice to talk to you. I think it was nice. I mean, she she che- she was cheeking me. Well, she was thinking about your hairy body. <sighs> so, but she thinks it's deliverance. <laughs> but I'm not totally convinced by. I'm not convinced that she knows. Well, I what mean, does? Here we go. What it does make sense? What does the D in D Day stand for? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm really glad I asked this question. And, and Kelly, give us that bit of wisdom again. Dog. No, not the no your answer. <laughs> 
you gave us some. Oh, sorry. Never, never be ashamed to ask questions. Okay, I'm gonna. Can I ask another question? Go on. Why is Matt still here? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not ashamed to ask that. I mean, even I don't know now no. why I'm still here. It's on the road. Yeah, can we send him out to ask what the D and D? Yes, yes, that's, that's a good idea. idea. Yeah, that is I'll a good. Do that right now. Thank you. Good. Do it via How the kitchen and the kettle. Oh yeah, can you do it via the kitchen and the kettle? Thank you. Oh, no. oh he's um, he's easily it's kind manipulated. Kind of like a sort of Jarvis Cocker voice in the body of a puppy. <laughs> yeah. Big lumbering puppy. I do like him though. I'm not so keen. He came, in this morning. he came in this morning, there was a rubbish song playing on Molly Webb show, <laughs> he turned it up, it was all sexy, and he's doing like a sexy dance and singing it, and then he went, oh, Kath, you're bathed in sunshine. Well, did sunshine. it for me. <laughs> did it for oh, me. Sorry. What else have you got in the papers? Bosses should let workers take naps. As Shouldn't they just? Bosses should allow staff to take naps at work to boost productivity and create, oh no, I'd be out for the rest of the day. Yeah, you do like a good doze. Oh, I do, honestly, a nice sweaty doze. A leading academic suggested Vincent Walsh who's professor of human brain research at the University College London so you don't want to mess with him no um, also, He'll kill you with his thoughts. <laughs> also proposed they should be allowed to set their own work times, arrive whenever they want. Oh, man, I love this guy. <laughs> I love this guy. We tried to phone him, he wasn't in. No, we didn't. Look at you with the gags. We've become obsessed with sleeping only during the night and failed to appreciate the benefits of an afternoon siesta, he told Cheltenham Science Festival. I used to love a siesta. Well, you had a siesta yesterday that went on pretty much all day. Yeah, that's what I used to do in Spain. You go yeah. to bed about two o'clock yeah. with a full stomach. Those and you eat your big meal then. Those continentals have got it right. Wake up about six. Yeah. Go out. Yeah. Booze. Eat again about 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah. Come back drunk. I don't know how they ever get any work done. With a random man. What? Sorry. Uh, yeah, I've always been an advocate of putting um, uh, beds, little camp beds, uh, or blow-up beds... In, in a spare office. They don't office. last two minutes. No. Beds. No, they don't. They don't. You end up with your bum on the floor. 08459 four double five five double five. When have you ever ended up with your bum on the floor? <laughs> and what does D-Day stand for?
I've got some, ba- some bad news. I've got some really bad news, music lovers. Oh, no. Turns out Gary Glitter's a paedophile. I mean, I do, who'd have... Oh. It's in the... Pa- who'd have thought? Oh, not another one. Oh, man. Who next? Who next? Should just say for legal reasons, he's only been charged with this latest one. With this latest one, yeah, but he's got... He's, he's got well, previous. yeah. Yeah, he's got yeah, Anyway. Susan... Hang on, wait for the psychedelic backwards guitar to finish. It's what George Harrison would have wanted. Off they go into their smoky haze. Susan in Hatfield, good morning. Good morning, Ian. Susan, what would you like to say? I just wanted to say that the D in D-Day doesn't stand for anything except the word day. Day Day-day? No, it's it's D-Day, but they've taken the D from day... I can't explain it, but I read it on the internet yesterday. That's like saying pin number, because the the <laughs> N in pin is number. So you're saying you're saying personal identification number number, day day. So you didn't know either. I knew, but I am. Um, but, but hang on, you looked it up yesterday. No, I read it on the internet yesterday. It just came up right. when when I logged on. And oh. The news came up, and there it was. Okay, but did you did you know that before you you looked it up? I did because I've read it somewhere before. Oh, okay. That's an odd. That's an odd. It's an odd way of naming a day. It's day a co- day. It's a code. What's your problem? No, but what's your beef? I've not got a beef with with anything that the Allies with, with the majority of things that the Allies did during the war. It's just naming this D Day D Day. It's all. It's all something to do with the day that they were going to do it. And yeah. if they had have named, give it a specific name, they would have had to change our change everything. I, oh. If you if you can find it. I don't know if you can okay. find it from yesterday and it will explain it better than uh, I. Well, no, Susan, you've certainly given us a leg up. Given us a leg up, which is um, a bunk up. She's given us a leg over. What am I trying to say? A heads up. Yeah, that'll do. Th- Susan, thank you very much indeed. So the D stands for day and day day. Mm. They should have called it um, invading Portugal day. Because, ah, because they didn't invade Portugal. That was plan, that was like plan C, was Portugal. Um, they should, but if they named it Invading Portugal Day, then the Germans would have all been at the beach in Portugal, waiting. Where are they? They are not coming here yet. And then all the, we're, we're in Normandy, and boom. They, and we would have been in Normandy and they'd said, this is highly irregular. <laughs> this is highly irregular. But anyway, it worked out all right in the end. Eventually. So, well, well, seriously, saluting our boys and girls involved, although it was mainly boys. Well, the girls, girls were working in a different at, way. At home in England, yeah. yeah. No, not all of them. Well, what do you know? What do you know? You don't know everything. I, I know a lot. Some of those people still haven't spoken about, about their involvement. Yeah, I know, and I'm suspicious. Oh eight four five nine. I'm not making light of them at all. Of course not. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors, the M25 anti-clockwise starting to build up now between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 19 for Watford. Also in Harpenden, the high street busy in both directions around the station road. On public transport, London Overground have no trains at the moment between Wilsdon Junction and Clapham Junction for emergency engineering works, but tickets are being accepted on the London Underground. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. 
Man, if you could have just heard the conversation I was having with Catherine Boyle, it would have put hairs on your chest. It's only put hairs on yours, didn't it, Kath? It really did. Thank you very much indeed. It's 6.46, it's Friday the 6th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Holiday company Centre Park says its new resort in Bedfordshire, which opens today, will inject £20 million a year in the local economy. Police and the council in Stevenage say they are working to ensure peaceful marches by the EDL and the TUC in the town tomorrow. And ceremonies are taking place in Normandy to mark the 70th anniversary of the D-Day landings. 08459 455 555 is the phone. We're still trying to work out exactly what the D-Day stands for. We think it's day, but I'm confused a bit. Let's uh, maybe speak to you after the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. A bit of a chilly start to the day, but those temperatures have quite a way to go as we are looking at highs of about 21 or 22 degrees Celsius by this afternoon. So quite a pleasant, largely dry day today with some long sunny periods, followed by a bit of a muggy night as humidity rises. So we've got temperatures down to about 13 or 14 degrees Celsius. It's clear to start off with, but then clouds over in the early hours of the morning. That's ahead of these uh, outbreaks of rain we're expecting coming up from the southwest. Now the Met Office have got a yellow warning in place for that rain from three in the morning until midnight tomorrow. Um, Now, the further west you are, the heavier they're likely to be. There is a risk of localised flooding because some of these are going to be pretty heavy. However, the further east you are, the more you might think tomorrow, I don't know what all the fuss was about. So it depends how far east it actually manages to travel. Um, But certainly for, for most of us, by the afternoon, we've got a mixture of sunshine and just scattered light showers with temperatures up to 22 or 23 degrees Celsius even tomorrow. And then Sunday, a much better day, so sunny spells, largely dry. It's going to be feeling a bit fresher as well. We we lose that sort of muggy feeling, um, but probably some rain pushing up northwards in the night. And then Monday's looking showery, and Tuesday too, but a bit more sunshine on the cards. That's your latest forecast. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. There's lots of people around that we know. There's a really good sense of community. Inviting everyone to where you live. We've got the Lice High Street, which is really local, so everything you need, really. It's one of those places that has retained its character and will hopefully continue to do so for many, many years. And all this week, we're featuring Stony Stratford. It has character, life everything you could wish for and you think you're in a village but you're still in Milton Keynes If you've got a story everyone should hear about let us tell them about it People want to work together to make the best of what we have The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks Stony Stratford, this is the place to be From BBC Three Counties Radio Over to you. Did you want me to speak? I want you to introduce Luke Pickett, Loving You Is Wrong, because you're my mum's best friend. There was a great song, right? There was a band called the London Fractures. They were nothing. They they played tiny things. They did a great song, Okay, It's got the best line of any song ever. Did you just say it? I'm going to sing it to you. Go on, then. I'm 18, you're 30. Does that make me dirty? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that a great line? That's the best line of any song ever. It doesn't, but I think it might make her a bit dirty. Oh, blimey, boss. It's Frank Sidebottom. It? <laughs> oh, blimey, boss. Oh, yes, boss. Thank you. <laughs> Shall I? Sorry, yes. Is this I'm 18, you're 30, does this make me dirty? 
No. Oh, that's a shame, Sorry. but it's a good song. Okay, go on, go on. Luke Pickett, loving you is wrong. Because you're my mum's best friend. <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer, that isn't... No, nope. let's have it, come on. Song. Okay, so BBC introduced... Luke Pickett, loving you is wrong Saturday because you're my uncle. 8pm. <laughs> what? Oh, blimey. Yes. Come on, quick. You, I think you should introduce No, it. come on, you do it better. I don't know anything about this Luke Pickett and this loving you is wrong. What's his beef? It's because he's, lo- he's loving a cow. Maybe. He's loving a... He's so lo- Luke hey! Is, oh, do you want me to... Remind me, I've got to tell you why yesterday was so good for me, but carry on. From Harpenden. Good for him. He was out a while ago. He was quite rocky. Yeah. He's now back, and he's more R&B. But he's questioning um, his um, his lifestyle. This is his new hit single. It's out now. You can go and purchase it. Okay. It's called Loving You Is Wrong. Because you're my mum's chiropodist. <laughs> is that it? No? OK, <laughs> let's see. He's laughing. He's not taking it seriously. Every time I'm with her, I'm preoccupied. And every time I'm occupied, she's on my mind. Making all these promises so I can go and break them. Watch you fix the pieces I know That even though I have her security I can never have my insecurities Always busy working, never giving her the time that she deserves But you know that I know Five nine four double five five double five. Malcolm's in Ellsborough. Morning, Malcolm. Morning, Ian. Did you enjoy that song? 
It was different. <laughs> I'm, I'm it, more, more of a Killers fan myself. You're, are you a Killers fan? Yeah. But, but not more than Luke Pickett and Loving You is Wrong? No, it's good, but it, it's, I've heard it twice now. It's grown on me a bit. Well, the question is, Malcolm, have you ever fallen in love with one of your mum's best mates? Did that ever happen? No. No? OK, well, that's... Because I imagine that would be a very awkward situation. I'm 68. We didn't do that sort of thing. No. <laughs> d- d- sex wasn't invented until 1963, was it? No, When no, the Beatles came out. That's right. They yeah. invented it. Malcolm, what have you called in for? About the D-Day. Oh, yeah, what does the D and D-Day stand for? Well, I should know. I'm 68. But I've always called it Defence Day, which is wrong. Oh. So I cheated. Yeah. And looked on the BBC history site. Yes. A quote from the Imperial War Museum. Go on. D-Day is just a general military term for the day on which any operation or exercise is planned to commence. Oh. And it says the most famous D-Day was the 6th of June, but there were numerous other D-Days during the Second World War. OK, OK. So so, so the D doesn't necessarily mean anything. No. But then why do we use the phrase... Where does the phrase D-Day originate from, then? Someone must must at some point must have said, hmm, what are we going to call this military operation? I know, let's call it D-Day. Why? Well, I don't know. I'm in love with my mum's best friend. <laughs> Diana, yeah. No, uh, apparently it is like the other lady said, something to do with day. So you've got d Minus one will be the day before. Right. The after the day. It's very confusing, isn't it? It is. And they even have H days and zero days. Oh, blimey. We just should stick to just calling it Operation Overlord, which was its name. Yeah, Operation Overlord is a much is a much better... T- Malcolm, thank you very much. Jane's in Cheshire. Morning, Jane. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Jane. What would you like to say? Um, basically, D doesn't actually stand for anything. Oh. It is a general... It's a letter that was uh, used to refer to the Allied landings on that day of June the 6th. But why why the letter D then? Where did the D, why not X or P, P day? Because it was that Pacific day. It wasn't tomorrow, it wasn't yesterday. No. It was actually the day that they were going to have the the Allied landings. It was the day of D. It's the day of day. It's just D-Day. It is um, a general term okay. used by operation managers in the war. Jane, thank you very much. Thank you to both those callers. You're explaining it very well. But maybe it's me that's not... I, I still can't quite get my head around why you'd say D-Day instead of A-Day. Or X-Day or Y-Day. I, I, I still can't quite get my... Someone, at some point... I'm so glad I asked this question now. I was really umming and ahhing about this yesterday. Do I ask this question or not? I'm so glad I asked it, because it turns out none of us know, and those that do know have Googled it over the last couple of days. I still don't understand. Someone at some point must have said, right, we're going to call this... Uh, when we go and land on these beaches, when we go and do the... D-Day. Sorry? We're going to call it D-Day. Why? Don't ask any questions! No questions, sunshine. You're not paid to ask questions. You're paid to listen to my answers. My answer is we're going to call it D-Day. I don't get it. Tough. Stick with it. But I'm still none the wiser. Maybe that's what it stands for. What? Don't ask any questions, Day. No. No. It's obvious. It's a military term, obviously, and the D doesn't necessarily mean anything, but why would they come up with... Why D-Day, then? Well, I may have been right. There may have been A, B, C day beforehand, but it didn't come off. Oh, thank you very much, Catherine. I think I'm right with the You're welcome, Mark. 
I, don't, I really don't. I don't know what's happened to your microphone, but I think on today of all days, it's completely appropriate that you sound like um, a news broadcaster from 1944. From the rest of the show, I should be talking mostly like that. <laughs> I, I wish we were clever enough to think of this. <laughs> oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Uh, and uh, Luke Pickett, he, is he? He'll be on BBC introducing, no doubt, in the future. He was on it last week. Great stuff. So you can listen again now. Beautiful. And Gary Floyd hosting that tomorrow, 8 o'clock. He's very good, isn't he? He's excellent. Luke is fantastic. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Coming up, remind me, I must tell you, I must tell you, uh, and I'll I'll do this later on, maybe about half seven when we've got listeners. uh, uh, Two amazing things happened to me yesterday. Now, when I say amazing... In the great scheme of things, they're quite small. They were okay. They, well, no, but I found them amazing. They changed my life for the better. Small things changed my life for the better. I'll reveal all in a little bit. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Luton, on the speed sensors around the Kidneywood roundabout, just as you go through the roadworks on the M1 Junction 10 exit slip road, things are heavy going as you approach the roundabout and head towards the centre of Luton. The M25 anti-clockwise, slow going between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 19 for Watford. Also starting to build up between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On public transport, London Overground have no trains between Wilsdon Junction and Clapham Junction for emergency engineering works. Tickets are being accepted on London Underground, though. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Well, I'm so glad I asked the question, what does D-Day stand for? Apart from huge personal sacrifice, the needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few, what does the D actually stand for? So, so far we've established it's, it's kind of a military term, but I, I, I still don't understand its genesis. We'll talk more about it after the news with Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. The headlines. New resort is multi-million pound boost for Bedfordshire. Stevenage preparing for EDL March and world leaders gather to mark 70th anniversary of D-Day. BBC Three Counties Radio. Holiday company Centre Park say its new resort in Bedfordshire, which opens today, will inject £20 million a year into the local economy. Woburn Forest will cater for 350,000 guests each year. Centre Park says 90% of those who work there live within 15 miles. It's hoped the 200 £150 million project will see increased visitors in nearby towns, although travel journalist Peter Nunn says Centre Park's usual formula is to keep everyone on site. It is all about the convenience of having everything that you want there. You've got your restaurants and you will have some shops. Having said that, I do think that you will have a collection of people on their way there that are going to pick up a few things. Police and the council in Stevenage say they're working to ensure peaceful marches by the EDL and the TUC in the town tomorrow. Labour councillor Richard Henry says he hopes the English Defence League march is a one-off event. More from Jane Killick. 
Councillor Henry says Stevenage Borough Council is opposed to the EDL march going ahead, but accepts the organisation has a democratic right to voice its opinion. He said meetings have been held with local groups and various communities to reassure them that there will be as little disruption as possible and a lot of planning has gone into ensuring the march goes off peacefully. A Hertfordshire police spokeswoman said they're well equipped to deal with this kind of event and have dealt with other protests in the past. The Conservatives have won the Newark by-election, retaining the Nottinghamshire seat, but UKIP cut their majority from more than 16,000 in 2010 to just under 7,500. The Liberal Democrats lost their deposit in finishing sixth. Turnout was nearly 53%. The ambulance service say a motorcyclist has suffered life-changing injuries after a collision with a van on the A10 just north of Royston yesterday afternoon. The 25-year-old man was taken to Addenbrooke's hospital. Aylesbury's hopes of reaching gold standard in the annual Britain in Bloom could be ruined by long grass, according to a Bucks County councillor. Liberal Democrat Stephen Lambert says the three authorities which cut the town's verges need to work together, but denies he's putting grass cutting ahead of other services facing cutbacks. That is not the case, but where we have an opportunity to continue working with parish councils and town councils to deliver services, we should do so. And one of the things that we do in partnership is cut the grass. Ceremonies are taking place in Normandy to mark the 70th anniversary of the D-Day landings. Nearly 20 world leaders, including the Queen and President Obama, and hundreds of veterans will attend the main commemoration on Sword Beach. David Cameron says it's a humbling experience. People of my generation just find it hard to believe what people of my grandfather's generation did to ensure we could all live in freedom. And when you hear the stories of people coming back again in their 90s, of what they did and how brave they were, how many people they lost, it just is incredibly humbling. In sport, Andy Murray faces Rafael Nadal today in the semi-finals of the French Open and Hertfordshire's Olympic venue, the Lee Valley White Water Centre, hosts the three-day canoe slalom World Cup. The weather, a fine and sunny day, maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a time where people want to work together to make the best of what we have and to support each other. And all this week we're featuring Stony Stratford. We've got the Lice High Street which is really local, so everything you need really. It's all about where you live. It's a, a friendly place with so much going on and it's attractive as well. The big tour from BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor and I don't like it very much Oh no, oh no He swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe Oh gee, oh gee He's up to my knee, he's up to my knee Oh fiddle He's reached my middle, he's reached my middle Oh heck, oh heck He's up to my neck, he's up to my neck Oh dread, oh dread He's followed by... (laughs) If you want some fun, go on YouTube and find Johnny Cash doing that song Oh, he acts it out He's singing it and he acts it out It's a treat Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's, it's Friday. We've got that Friday feeling, and by that I mean we're shoving our faces full of crunchy bars. Lots coming up, including where's Woburn Forest? Why aren't they cutting the grass? And what is the EDL's beef? 
go to the Facebook page, you'll see um, our temporary helper, our temporary secretary, Matt Lockwood, recording some of the links for this week's podcast. Uh, Go and watch. You'll see why we're so concerned. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You could send me a text if you wanted, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. But the best way to get in touch, of course, is to give me a call. 08 459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Here we go. Now, the new centre parks opens at Woburn Forest, or Flitwick, as the rest of the world knows it. It opens today with the promise of an extra £20 million per year for the local economy. The holiday chain is planning to employ 1,500 staff, claiming that uh, 90% come from a 15-mile radius. And there are high hopes for a boost in trade in the nearest towns, Ampthill and Flitwick. Well, Rod Calvert is the chair of the Bedfordshire Chamber of Commerce and joins me now. Morning, Rod. Good morning. Uh, the, the, the big boost in uh, trade in the nearest towns. What do, what do we reckon to that? Well, I think uh, the, the first big boost is the amount of uh, money going into the economy by the people who are employed locally. Uh, immediately, that's uh, a boost to local towns and uh, local economy by, well, as they say, something like 20 million. But uh, if you think just about salaries, we're talking about uh, something of the order of, I don't know, just, just looking at the number of people and a, uh, and a low salary even, uh, 12 million over there directly into the economy. So that's going to boost everything locally, um, irrespective of what visitors might do. Well, it, yeah, you're right. It's 50, 1,500 jobs uh, in this day and age is great news, and it, it is wonderful, isn't it, that the majority of them are from, uh, from the surrounding areas. Fantastic. And it was part of the original plan by Centre Parks, and uh, we've worked with Centre Parks along with others to... Uh, bring this to be and it's great to see so many young people as well involved getting trained and, and ready f- to move on will the will the local shops benefit though because i've never been to center parks but i've heard that they're very self-contained that once you're you're in there you don't tend to come out until your holidays finish so the local news agents the local supermarkets the local independent stores probably won't see much increase in trade will they uh directly from the uh, the visitors I think they'll see bits and pieces, people come and go, and you're not locked in. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm sure you're allowed to leave if you want. I just imagine most people choose to kind of go in there and stay. I think you're paying to go and stay. But yeah. say that the, the big boost to the local shops and economy is the fact that the, the local people have got money in their pockets. That's a, a really big, tangible uh, benefit. Plus, people will go. And I think the other really important thing about this is that uh, Bedfordshire... For, for many people in the country, is not a, a location. It's rather somewhere you go through to get somewhere else. And now here we've got all these large numbers of people coming into Bedfordshire, seeing how beautiful it is. Uh, if they're coming by road, they come on the uh, off the M1 at uh, Junction 13. They come up by train and drive and, and up through Flitwick and so on. Um, they're going to see that Bedfordshire's a pretty good place. They're going to see signs to uh, to Woburn, not not to Woburn Forest, but to, to to Woburn Country House and other things. And I think that itself will start to attract more and more visitors to the, to the county and 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 the uh, and the towns. Of I was go- I was going to say you, you you obviously think that this is going to put Bedfordshire, the Shire of Bedford, on the map. Absolutely, it's a, a fantastic thing for for the whole uh, local economy. Uh, did you go to the black tie event last night? No, I didn't. Did uh, they not invite you, Rod? <laughs> I did go. Uh, I've been involved with the uh, with, with the people um, from even before they bought the land. 
Um, and I know the, the directors very well, and they're a very highly moral and, and very, very good company, delivering on everything they said they'll deliver. And I did have the opportunity to spend a few days at Centre Parks on a, a pre-opening weekend where they were testing the systems and testing the staff and making sure everything worked for the paying customers. And that was just a fantastic experience. And I'll tell you, because of what I do, I was really keen to uh, speak to the, the staff there. You know, how, how old are you? Well, you don't really ask that question, but you can see uh, yeah. where, where do you live? Um, and it was, and uh, it was great to see that uh, the stats that have, have been produced were borne out. These, these people were local. I think the furthest away was Luton and Milton Keynes. The rest I spoke to were, were even closer than that. Uh, they were all happy. They said they'd had great training. They loved working with Centre Parks. <laughs> Admitted it was a honeymoon period. It's the first week. Yes. But even so, one got a tremendous feeling of the uplift to the, to the local economy. And seeing all these youngsters beaming and working was just fantastic. Rod, let's keep our fingers crossed that uh, the local economy does uh, really boom and it brings more people into Bedfordshire. Thank you very much. Rod Calvert, Chair of the Bedfordshire Chamber of Commerce. Call 08459 555 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Happy D-Day, guys. Is that what we say? I don't know what we say, really. But D-Day is obviously 70 years ago. It's big news. It's in all of the newspapers. Some incredibly um, poignant photographs on uh, some of the papers. And I I, I point this out, not to make light, but just because I think this captures the mood. Uh, Page five of the mail, my favourite. You don't even have to buy it. Just go into the the garage and flick through it and then put it back down. Page five. uh, Fold the page over so the person who does buy it goes straight there. Page five of the mail. There's a picture of Jock Hutton, 89, reprises... Reprises or reprises? Reprisals. Reprisals. Reprisals, reprises. Reprises. Can you hear how you sound? No, I can't. Stop laughing. Could you say, in your 1944 voice, the correct pronunciation is reprisals? The correct pronunciation is reprisals. We're not doing anything! It's just the way that she sounds today. Anyway, uh, it's a picture of Jock jumping out of an aeroplane. He doesn't look happy. Bless him. He's 89! He's earned himself a lie down, if anybody has. He's earned himself a cup of tea in front of Cash in the Attic and some biscuits. He doesn't look happy. But um, some incredible pictures, some incredible coverage. It's prompted me to ask the question that I was really reluctant to ask. Sometimes I think, oh, I don't want to ask that because that's obviously a huge gap in my general knowledge and I'm going to look like a massive spanner. Dad, I nearly said something else then. Uh, I'm going to look like a massive spanner. But I asked it. It turned out no one on my team knew the answer to this question and and not many of you do. What does the D&D Day stand for? So, so far... We think we've honed it down to the, the D... It might mean day, so day-day. Um, or it, it just... It's a military term, but it doesn't actually mean anything. Well, where on earth does it come from? Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Paul's in Elstree. Morning, Paul. Good morning, Ian. Uh, are, are you... Uh, enjoying is probably the wrong word, but I'm going to use it anyway. Are, are you enjoying all of this D-Day coverage? I, I am, yes. I don't think enjoy, not necessarily the... Uh, uh, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a good word. Are you appreciate, word. appreciating it? Perhaps that's better. It. That's a better yes. word, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it's probably the last one, isn't it, realistically, yeah. as far as the veterans are concerned. 
and I, I believe the Normandy uh, Veterans Association is disbanding at the end of the year. Oh, okay. It's, it's, uh, it, it, that's that. Um, it's a shame. It kind of makes sense. We did have a few people yesterday said, "Oh, for goodness' sake, stop banging on about it." But it's it, it's one of those things. It's still within living memory for lots of people, and it was such a significant effort by what was it? Something like two hundred thousand people that, that that landed on the beaches. Uh, that it, it does need to be acknowledged. It's it's a very important part of history, isn't it? Really, yep. I mean, it, it's, it's it was the beginning of the liberation of Europe. It, it it stood for so much, and as you said earlier, all those young people, they were all people that were in their you know late teens, twenties, and, and you just couldn't really quite imagine they, that commitment today. I they were kids. They were kids. Well, you, you know, you go there, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. You're a kid, really, and uh, they were prepared to do something as ridiculous and as as brave as that. But you've called. You've got a, a D-Day fact, have you? Yes, back in uh, 1994, when it was the anniversary, uh, we were doing an event at Elsie Studios, and, and I invited along a lady from Radlett in, oh, yeah. in Hertfordshire, and she was the first woman who landed on the beaches with the Allied forces. Oh. And she was a, a nurse, and she was with a medical unit. Oh, really? So, so women did land on the, on the beaches, did they, at D-Day? That's right, and, and oh. that tends to be... I don't think it ever seems to be mentioned. I don't ever hear about that fact, but she, but she was, and, and, and recognised as such. She's no longer with us, sadly, no. but it, it was acknowledged as a fact. And I'm sure somebody in Radlett or a historian could look it up and tell you who the lady's name was, which I've sadly forgotten now, but... But she was a lovely lady, and and it was obviously, again, you know, a very young lady, and, and she had some horrific memories of what she had to deal with, and and it brought it home to you, really, what it was all about. Paul, thank you very much indeed. I, I, listen, we don't tend to get... We, we avoid mawkishness and uh, the sentimentality on this show as much as possible. They're both cold, dangerous things. But I think today of all days we can uh, we can certainly have a little nod uh, in, in that direction. I had a, there was, they had a fella on uh, Five Live yesterday, yesterday morning, about half past four, quarter to five, who had um, uh, been one of the soldiers, one of the troops in the D-Day landings. And to hear his story, to hear his story was incredible. And then the, 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 the interviewer asked a question I thought was a really stupid question until the answer came back. And he said to him, do you mind, do you mind talking about this at all? Do you, do you? I said, of course he doesn't mind. He's, you know, he's, um, he's keen to bang on about it. And the, fellow went, the, 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 the old guy went really quiet and said, yeah, actually, it's still... Uh, it still really upsets me. Boom. 70 years later, it still really upsets me. <gasps> Fantastic. Right, it's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise, busy between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 19 for Watford. Also looking slow on the sensors between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. In Borehamwood, the A1 southbound, very heavy going between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Then on public transport, London Overground have no trains between Wilsdon Junction and Clapham Junction for emergency engineering. London Underground are accepting tickets, though. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 7.16, it's Friday the 6th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Holiday company Centre Park says its new resort in Bedfordshire, which opens today, will inject £20 million a year into the local economy. Police and the council in Stevenage say they're working to ensure peaceful marches by the EDL and the TUC in the town tomorrow. And ceremonies are taking place in Normandy to mark the 70th anniversary of the D-Day landings. BBC Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni. Gardeners wanting to rid their spring flower beds of snails can ditch the beer traps and eggshells and instead develop a strong throwing arm instead. Weekdays from three. I don't think there's any ethical dilemma about throwing them as opposed to killing them. It's clearly better to throw them. Hertfordshire police are warning drivers to take extra precautions with their vehicles following a rise in the number of cars stolen using specialised hacking equipment. Two-thirds of teachers say poor writing has prevented them giving the marks a student truly deserves. Roberto Peroni. I do the animal stories. I also do the space stories, apparently. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call. You can also email me, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. I-A-I-N dot L-double-E at bbc.co.uk. I've had a very random email, which, uh, well, maybe we'll get to that a bit later on. Now, we heard earlier from Liberal Democrat Bucks County Councillor Stephen Lambert, who says that Aylesbury's chances of reaching gold standard in the Britain in Bloom contest could be scuppered by the grass being too long in some parts of the town. Britain in Bloom, do, do we care? I don't know, but we all like a nice, tidy verge, don't we? Cut it back. Always cut it back. We can speak now to Conservative Bucks County Councillor and Cabinet Member for Transportation, Ruth Vigger-Headley. Good morning to you, Ruth. Good morning. How much difference would keeping the grass in check make to your budget? Oh, that's a very large question, isn't it? Um, if we were to give a bowling green cut, I dread to think mm. how much that would cost us. Because it, it's, it's, when cuts are being made financially um, and services are being cut back, to, to be so upset about cutting grass back so that you can win, you know, a rosette in Britain in bloom, it seems a little bit um, uh, dismissive almost. Oh, absolutely not. Um, I understand the, uh, the challenge that, fa- that, that Steve Lambert faces. Um, what I am prepared to do is work very closely with Steve so that we could possibly adjust our cutting programmes so that just before, you know, that the event takes place that ah. we can work with him and, and do the best we can. But if you're him. just doing it just before the event takes place, then that is, it's like, you know, painting the hospital when the Queen comes round. The, the, the people who live there are going to have to suffer for a bit and won't get the full benefits of it until, until the judges are coming. Not necessarily. I mean, we are due to cut six six times uh, this year. The programme is already underway. Uh, what we can do is slightly adjust that programme so that we can make it better for Steve Lambert. Six times a year. How much does that cost? Well, we have a budget for the urban of 599,000. Yeah. That actually cuts 25,200,000 metres square which is 4.2 million metres per cut. Blimey. And shall I give you the length of the urban network, which is 1,910 kilometres. Why is Britain in Bloom so important? When when services are being cut, when people are, you know, seeing things disappearing, why is Britain in Bloom so important? Well, it's important that people want to take ownership um, of, of their areas to have pride and equally it's very important for Bucks County Council to be able to be proud of a, of a lovely town. 
When you say for people to um, take pride in their areas, are you suggesting that you're going to get punters to go out, your citizens to go out and cut the grass? Well, we have just started um, negotiating with about 168 parish councils, town councils across Buckinghamshire Uh. on devolved services where we're encouraging them to look at uh, their villages um, and their their small areas in the under 30 mile per hour limits to take responsibility and, and to offer their residents a bit more of an effective and efficient way of looking after their communities. So you want the residents to do it? Not necessarily, no. We're looking at the power town and the parish councils. Because the parish councils won't be uh, able to afford to do it, will they? Their budgets are significantly smaller. They are indeed, so we're offering them some money, and we're offering them some pump-priming money to start this off over a four-year period. What what does pump-priming money mean, sorry? Well, we'd like to see if we can assist them in buying any equipment or machinery or, you know, advertising, that type of thing. Okay. how much are you going to give them? Oh, it depends on the size of the parish, and I haven't got those figures to hand. <laughs> OK, OK. It's, some people might just, you know, think that that's, that's a, a delegation of, of your responsibility. Yes, you could say that. Uh, but, however, it does give the opportunity to the parish and the town councils to reach out to their electorate, to ask their electorate what they would like, how many cuts. Stukely, at the moment, run a fabulous model that's run by a volunteer that employs uh, younger people. Um, an Amersham Town Council run a superb model and they reach out and they cluster with other parishes and it just gives that flexibility for them to cut as and when they feel their residents would like it. In the great scheme of things, though, Ruth, when, you know, libraries are facing cutbacks and, and, and social clubs and bowling greens and cubs and all of these things are facing cutbacks, whether the grass gets cut six times a year or three times a year, it doesn't really matter, does it? Well, it does. It does to some people. Other people have come to us and said, please don't cut anything. Please oh. leave the wild flowers. Oh, dear. Please leave the insects. Oh, no, no, I don't <laughs> want the insects, Ruth. Get rid of the insects. <laughs> I hate the in- I hate butterflies and moths. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, oh, no. dear, dear, dear. <laughs> can't stand those flipping little things. Oh, well, I'm afraid some residents love them and they wish to keep them. So we, we have to... We're in a difficult situation. OK. So you're, you're speaking to uh, Councillor Steve Lambert and, and, and are you confident that you can come up with uh, an agreement that works for both of you? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed that it, 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 it all pays off and uh, a rosette a rosette is one for Britain in bloom that was uh, conservative bucks county councillor cabinet member for transportation ruth vigor headley thank you very much indeed 08459 455 555 lens in hemel morning len good morning what does the d and d day stand for i think it stands for departure date because what? that's two days that'll be double d day and that's no, something different departure departure day oh departure day yeah yeah, yeah. what it was that it uh, the sixth was chosen because of the weather. Oh, it was supposed to be the fifth, wasn't it? But it the weather was, was atrocious. Yeah, and the, they couldn't uh, get the ships across. Um, also, it was a signal for the marquee in France to start blowing up railway lines and everything to oh. help the... And there was another signal that went out was V for victory. Oh, yeah, that's the, the, the fingers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but the but the fingers the right way round, which was then of yeah, course hijacked by the hippies. Right. Not the other way. <laughs> are you are you uh, again? Enjoy is the wrong word. Are you appreciating all of this coverage, or do you think maybe it's a little bit too much? No, I, I like it because yeah. I'm an ex paratrooper. Oh, okay, okay. How can, can I ask roughly how old you are? 
I'm 75. Oh, OK. Well, in that case... Because, l- listen, you've got... Go and have a look in the mail, uh, Len. Page five. There's Jock Hutton. Yeah, I won't be able to see that, Ian. I lost my sight. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I will describe it to you. There's Jock Hutton, right? Yeah. He's 89... And yep. he's doing a parachute jump. He's strapped to someone a little bit oh, younger. Ninety-year-old, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't look very happy. With, with <laughs> your with your advanced age, Len. I'm being polite there. Yeah. Let's be honest. You're really old. Would you enjoy another parachute jump, or, or does the Definitely. thought of that terrify you? Really? Yeah. Really. Yeah, once the adrenaline kicks in, yeah, it's fine. When was the last time you did one? Uh, just uh. My last parachute jump was a, a practice jump. Was um, about uh, thirty years ago. Okay. And w- did you have your sight then? Yes. Because I was. Would it be more intense now that you're um, now that you can't see so well? Now that you're blind, would it be more no. terrifying? No, no. Because you wouldn't be know when you're going to hit the ground. I'll be strapped to another person. Yeah, but you wouldn't know when you're going to hit the ground. No, they, they actually tell you when you start moving your feet. Oh. So oh, okay. okay, you can can do the roll, and you think physically you'd be up for it? You'd be able to do it? Too right, I would. <laughs> Len wants to get in there. Too oh, right. Well, go, Len, go and do it. Why can't you do it? Well, it's a matter of getting it arranged. Right. Okay. Well, listen, I can't promise anything, but there may no. be, there may be someone listening, Len, who yep. can arrange it. Okay. Well, that's fine. So let's you see know. if you're all mouth and no trousers, shall we? <laughs> Len, you never know. Someone might call in with a very generous yeah, offer, so worry. keep listening. Len, l- lovely to talk to you. You're a good sport. 08459 455 555. Do you own uh, an aeroplane and a bedsheet? No, I think it needs to be a bit more than that. You need some ropes as well. Your voice is brilliant. Some ropes. <laughs> <laughs> and a rucksack. You didn't ask him the question, though. When he jumped out of the plane, did he ever think... Oh God! You know my parachute might fail because I would be thinking that like, if I jumped him. out of a plane. Ask him. Uh, ask him Len. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear. We got a northerner working with us. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, Matt, what did you want to ask him, Matt? Len, when you jumped out of the plane, did you ever think you know the parachute might fail? Well, if it did, you were sitting on a spare. Ah, right. Supposing the spare failed. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. You hit the ground uh, hard. Bosh. Bish, bash, bosh. Len, you're, yeah. a, you're a very good sport. Thank you. If anyone can... How much does it cost to put, put an old fella up in an aeroplane and push him out? What's, what's, <laughs> I know there's a little bit more to it than that. What's, how much does that cost? It can't cost that much, can it? Couple, uh, couple of thousand, is it? <laughs> oh, that's a little bit more than I was expecting. What, what, it can't I, be that much, can it? How much does it cost? No, never looked into it. Don't fancy it. Well, you're not an old man. Isn't Len a great sport? I, 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 someone call in who's got an aeroplane and, a, you know, the necessary equipment. And, like, I guess you need, you know, licences and, and insurance and stuff. A bit of training. A little bit of training. 08459 455 555. Or tell me how much it costs. Dave Luton. Dave? Good morning. I'd love to push you out of an aeroplane. Yeah, I'd like to push you as well. Yeah, well, I'll push you first. You wouldn't. I, I, I would. Well, you've got experience in paratrooping. I've got experience in pushing um, your buttons. My what? Buttons. Oh, sorry. Right. Did buttons um, sound rude? It sound rude. Yes, Dave. Right, when my late father was alive, he was in the Royal Marines in the First World War, and he co- he told me yeah. D stands for Dispatch Day. In the First World War? Yeah. Okay, so it goes back that far. So yeah. D-Day would be Dispatch Day. But I'm being, we're being told it means uh, Day-Day? Dideo? 
And I was dispatched for every... Bironero! Oh, here we go again. Excuse me. Bironero! Oh, dear, dear, yeah. Deo. That's me. You calling me? Yes. <laughs> so that's who Freddie Mercury was shouting at yeah. in the back of uh, Milton Keynes Stadium. Oh, just one thing, Ian. Yes. Is um, Catherine speaking down her pipe? <laughs> Catherine, are you speaking down a pipe? A bit, yeah. She sounds funny, doesn't she? But where, I quite, I quite like she? it. Where is she? She's in the studio uh, next door with Matt and Kelly, the studio she always uses. I promise you we've got no, no effect. We haven't got any effects here. We've done nothing to her voice. That's just what she's sounding like. No, she's talking down a pipe. I'm not talking down a pipe. You're by not a pipe. All right, thank you. Bye, Dave. Gone. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors in Luton at the Kidneywood roundabout, London Road is heavy going as you head towards the motorway. And on the sensors in Chesant, the A10 southbound very slow approaching the M25. On the M25 itself, anti-clockwise carriageway looking slow between junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. On public transport, London Overground have no trains between Wilsdon Junction and Clapham Junction for emergency engineering. London Underground are taking tickets, though. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Business leaders are welcoming the new Centre Parks Resort in Bedfordshire, which opens today and which is expected to inject £20 million a year into the local economy. Woburn Forest will cater for 350,000 guests each year. Police and the council in Stevenage say they're working to ensure peaceful marches by the EDL and the TUC in the town tomorrow. The Conservatives have won the Newark by-election, retaining the Nottinghamshire seat and ceremonies are taking place in Normandy to mark the 70th anniversary of the D day landings. Nearly 20 world leaders including the Queen and President Obama and hundreds of veterans will attend the main commemoration on Sword Beach. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Andy Murray faces Rafael Nadal today in the semi-finals of the French Open. Their match will be second on court following Novak Djokovic against Ernest Gulbis. Murray lost to Nadal on clay at the Rome Masters last month. It was quite clear in, in my head as well what was what was working and what wasn't. There's obviously different conditions here in a different court. When we played in Rome, it was extremely cold. It was raining and it was wet. I've been told it was meant to be 25 or 26 degrees. Um, So conditions change, which makes the match um, slightly different as well. England midfielder Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain says he's staying positive over his chances of playing in the World Cup following Wednesday night's knee injury against Ecuador. Ian Dennis is with the squad in Miami. Roy Hodgson is reluctant to make a rash decision and will bide his time regarding the fitness of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. England, like any other nation, have until 24 hours before their opening World Cup game to replace a player who has a serious injury. As a result, the fitness will be assessed and treated over the next few days. The knee injury isn't as serious as first feared, but Oxlade-Chamberlain's place in the squad in Brazil 
is still in doubt. In rugby scrum half Danny Kerr is out of England's first test in New Zealand tomorrow so Ben Youngs is called up. Practice takes place this afternoon our time for Sunday's Canadian Grand Prix and the world's best canoeists will be at the Lee Valley White Water Centre in Hertfordshire today as the three day canoe slalom World Cup begins. It will be the first time the Olympic venue has hosted international competition since London 2012 but Bedford gold medalist Etienne Stott misses out due to his shoulder injury. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bullet is at 8. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've got some uh, some text. Uh, Kath, you want to do the text in your 1944 voice? Very well. It sound, you can't hear it. You've got to listen back to how you sound. It's brilliant. Well, Andrew, who is a GOG in High Wycombe. Grumpy old git. Mm. Yeah. Um, has this, and I d- I've never heard this before. Do you want me to do the voice? It sounds so good. 3CR. Let's not forget the one person with whom D-Day wouldn't have happened. He was the man whose body was left for the Germans to find with false information of the Allied plans on him. The fake personal items also on him made it so convincing, Hitler must have thought he was a right smarty lederhosen massing the forces when he knew the Allies were going to be. Andrew, GOG, hi, welcome. Sorry? Put that in the podcast. Who's, uh, sorry, are you the boss now? Put it in podcast. Why? It's, well, it's lovely, isn't it? I mean, it's... I'm not going to just because he no. said it. Well, no. If I were to say it, would you put it in? Of course. But I think yeah. we should put that in the podcast. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I do. It's already in. So yeah. did they do that? They put someone. They put. They killed. Someone made the ultimate sacrifice. The Brits killed a man and left his body for the Germans to find. Or was it just a body they had? Fair play. Um, the subterfuge that went on in World War Two was pretty rubbish. Well, I mean, I mean, well, it, I mean, it was the days before Google, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. so you could get away with all sorts. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the thing that they, um, what they did in, in England, in case there was an invasion by the Nazis. They turned the signs the other way round. I saw that in bed knobs and broomsticks. So all the signs would be pointing, the, oh, London's this way, they'd end up in Bath. I thought it was London. No, it, oh, nuts. Brilliant. And the blackout, I mean, the, it, it's so, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not making light of it. The blackout is such a simple idea. You don't have any lights on and you tape up, the, you know, curtains over the window so that no lights get out so they can't find where to bomb. Exactly. Brilliant. They also used to drop leaflets in Germany saying that you're losing. <laughs> oh, it's so... It's, I mean, it's simple, but clever. Uh, Ray's in Luton. Good morning, Ray. Oh, good morning, Ian. Good morning, Ray. What would you like to say? I would like to ask you... Yes? ..if you would play me a, a record for my 55 wedding anniversary which was on the 6th of June, 1959. Ray, are you being eaten by a wolf? No. I, I can hear, like, a growling and a snarling in the back. That's not the wife, is it? Two little it's dogs down here. <laughs> the dogs. Uh, my two little dogs down here waiting for their food. They don't sound like little dogs, Ray. They sound massive. I'm going to... No, they're all right. They're only small. What, what are they? I've got now. Jack Russell. Jack Russell. Oh, they are so. They sound huge. Uh, no, well, they're like, like playing each other, running about. Oh, well, that's good. So you got married 55 days, 55 years ago on June the 6th? 55 years today. Oh, blimey. And are you still together? That's a long while, isn't it, when you come to think? Yes, it's, it's too long, some might say, right? <laughs> you, n- you never thought of, you know, your, your eye has never roved elsewhere? Never. Never? Never. Never? No, not never. Okay. She's she's is that her in the background? 
Not many that do, though, now, is there? No, not many that do these days, Ray. They could learn a lesson from you. How have you managed to stay together for so long? Trust. Trust. Trust in each other. And share. What, what's share got to do with it? Money. Well, did share give you money? Yeah. Why did she give you... How do you know share? If I want anything, Jonathan, I buy it. If Sylvia wants anything, she buys it. So Cher gives you money to buy stuff? And we don't buy anything until we got the money... From Cher? When I moved in my council elf, Jonathan... It's Ian, but never mind, go on. I didn't get a fit, fitted... No. Um, ...wardrobe and uh, fitted fridge and all this and that, but we had second-hand settee, little old cupboard here... Uh, cupboard there. Now, these days, John, uh, Ian, they, uh, they want everything. They, did you know what? You're right. My mum and dad would have would have uh, gone second-hand and would, would have had hand-me-downs and would have saved, and when they could afford it, they would have bought it. Exactly. Exactly. They didn't get a handout from a 60s pop star. Is your missus there, eh? My wife is here, yeah. Can, can I have a little word with her? Yeah. She, she's uh, bear with her because uh, she's Naughty. No, no, the early stages of, of uh, Alzheimer's. Ah, oh, well, don't you worry, Ray. I'll handle her with kid gloves. OK. Hello? Good morning, my love. What's your name? Sylvia. Hello, Sylvia. Have you been married to Ray for 55 years? Yes. How on earth do you put up with him? Well, you have to get, take the good with the bad, and, you know, there's not been, there's not been that much bad. You get you obviously get your moments, but most of it's good. We we have had had some we have happy times together, and, and we've had a we, we always had have a laugh. I tell you what I like about you two, and we've had a row. Oh, shut up, mate! I'm talking to your wife now. Well, I'm telling her. <laughs> I tell you what I like about you two. It's that you can tell that you two um, have a bit of a laugh together, and because you, you keep doing finishing each other's sentences. <laughs> I know, it's, it's a habit. Whose idea was it to get the dogs? <laughs> well, it was his idea, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, do, do you, you don't like them, do you? What? You don't like the dogs, do you? Oh, yes, I do. Are you sure? Them, yeah. All right. Listen, put, put Ray back on, because I think Ray wanted to request a record. Lovely to talk to you. Happy anniversary. Thank you very much. Ray, what was the song you wanted? Well, what we would really like... Yeah. It's, uh Wait a minute. Oh. Was it, was it Cher? Gypsies, Tramps and Thieves? No. No? It was Brendan Duncan playing When Your Old Wedding Ring Was New. Oh, I know the song. Is that... Was, was that your first dance or something? That is our favourite, yeah. OK, well, listen. We don't do requests on this show. No, I know that, no. And we couldn't find the, the Brendan Fraser version. Oh, all right. But we've got someone called Ray Gelato. OK. Do you fancy a bit of that? Whatever. I'm only doing this because I like you and your missus, Ray, OK? I wouldn't do this for anyone else. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Have a lovely day. Can, uh, can I just uh, say happy but late, oh. belated birthday to Matty? Because I haven't seen him. Who, <laughs> who's Matty? I know him, yeah. yeah OK, well, happy birthday... Oh, blimey. Happy, so turning into Ken Bruce. We'll play Popmaster in a minute. Happy birthday, Matty, and happy uh, wedding anniversary to you two. Thank you very much. Go and have a little cuddle and a little dance. Yes, we're going to do that. Good yeah. lad, away you go. <laughs>
was new And each dream that I dreamed came true I remember with pride how we stood side by side What a beautiful picture you made as my bride Even though in silver crowns your hair I can still see the gold ringlets there Love's old flame is the same As the day I changed your name When your old wedding ring was new had a, a tweet. So I've been listening to you for 10 years. This is the first time you've ever done a request. I'm welling up. Never do requests. I hate requests. Boring. But for Ray and Sylvia, happy wedding anniversary. 55 years today. And I hope you've managed to fall back into bed, you two mucky teenagers, for goodness sakes. 08459 555 is the phone number. As a direct result of that, though, it means that the audio, the little piece that Matt Lockwood went out to record... Well, Matt, we can't, we can't play your, your piece now, I'm afraid. Yes, you can. Well, it's been shifted to 8.30, I'm told. Yeah, probably going to be busy. No, I did that. No, you've got to play it out. Well, sometimes it gets dropped. Well, it, it's a good one. I don't know if I could take it if it was dropped. Um, 
you know, working on this program, you know, takes it out of you and uh, I don't know. I don't know if I could return next week. I mean, you might be relieved, but um, I'll have to just redraw my services altogether. And, and the piece does make a point that nobody knows in Luton what the D-Day stands for, which is the whole point of the phoning that you were having. Um, I do have the answer here that I could reveal as well after my Vox. I've done some proper research. Um, anyway, that's all I'm going to say about it. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 London bound, Junction 13 for Bedford, there's been an accident and looking on the speed sensors causing a little bit of slow traffic but no major delays. The M25 anti-clockwise, very heavy going between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. Also in Kings Langley, the A41 is queuing as you approach the M25. And on public transport, we've got no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thanks very much. 7.46. It is Friday, the 6th of June. I'm Ian Lee, and I am thoroughly anticipating the release of my headlines into my headline window. That's going to be great. Where's my heads? 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 There's my heads. There's my heads. Business leaders are welcoming the new Centre Parks Resort in Bedfordshire, which opens today and which is expected to inject £20 million a year into the local economy. Police and the council in Stevenage say they're working to ensure peaceful marches by the EDL and the TUC in the town tomorrow. And ceremonies are taking place in Normandy to mark the 70th anniversary of the D-Day landings. Coming up, well, we'll be talking about that uh, EDL march and also taking some of your calls, 08459 455 555. Before that, let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. A bit of a colder start to the day, but those temperatures are really going to become quite healthy by this afternoon. So a largely dry day with some long sunny periods and temperatures up to 21, 22 degrees Celsius. Now, it's a muggy night tonight, though. We'll have temperatures only down to about 13 or 14 degrees with clear skies initially, but uh, clouding over in the early hours ahead of this rain that's pushing up from the southwest. And the Met Office have a yellow warning in place for that rain from 3 a.m. in the morning until midnight tomorrow. So there are going to be some rather showery outbreaks of rain. Now, the further east you are, the less likely you are to have the heavier bouts. But uh, certainly in the western parts, going to be uh, some fairly uh, some fairly heavy downpours at times. And uh, and there is a risk of localised flooding under the heavier showers. So uh, temperatures tomorrow reaching about 22, 23 degrees Celsius. As we head into the afternoon, for most of us, it becomes a sort of much sunnier end to the day. And maybe just a few scattered lighter showers around. Uh, for Sunday, though, a much better day. So sunny spells, fresher, largely dry. We may just have some rain pushing up from the south in the night, though, again. But uh, at the beginning of next week, looking a little unsettled with sunshine and showers. That's your latest forecast. Imagine a radio station with no music. 
What's your favourite biscuit? Imagine a programme without conversation. Listen to me, I'm really important. Imagine an afternoon with no local stories. Hundreds of miles away, something really impressive is happening. Sounds pretty boring. Mm. Which is why we have Nick Coffer. BBC Three Counties Radio, Nick Coffer, here until three o'clock. Every weekday, he'll bring you the music. Gallagher and Lyle, I want to stay with you. Every breath you take, that's the police. The conversation. His dedication to local musicians has led him to starting Papermouth. And the local stories. Today, we're going to be looking at the work of the Bedford and Milton Keynes Waterways Trust. Say no to boring afternoons and listen to Nick Coffer. Weekdays from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Matt's in Luton. Morning, Matt. Hello, Ian. Matt. Oh, you're, now, are you the Matt that yeah, um, Ray and Matt Sylvia were referring to? Yeah. Oh, yes. for goodness Aren't they a lovely couple? Yeah, well, I've got some great stories about yeah, about uh, Ray and Sylvia. So they used to go to the boys' club, yeah. Luton Boys' Club, and I used to see them every Monday, but they don't go because Sylvia ain't been too well. Yeah, we heard. But absolutely great couple. Abs- Ray is an absolute... Terrific guy. We just had Ray call back, and Ray and Sylvia had a little dance in their kitchen to that song. Yeah, isn't that yeah, fifty-five we, years? Isn't that nice? We used to do that in the club. I used to say, Sylvia, "Come on, baby, let's have a dance." <laughs> she loved it. She loved it. <laughs> I'm hoping they fell back onto their bed, Matt, and had a little kiss and a cuddle. Well, I hope not, because it might destroy Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, listen, I've got to move on. I'm sorry to keep it so short. We've got a really busy show this morning. Lovely to hear from you, and really lovely to hear from Ray and Sylvia. Fifty-five years today. It's the first. The First dedication I've ever done on the radio, and I won't do another one for another 10 years. Looking forward to 2024, guys. Now, there'll be rolling roadblocks, road closures and traffic disruption in Stevenage tomorrow when the English Defence League marches through the Old Town. There'll also be a counter-protest by the TUC. Well, in a moment, we'll hear from Superintendent Matt Nichols from Hertfordshire Police. But first, let's talk to Stevenage's portfolio holder for community safety, Richard Henry. Good morning to you, Councillor. Good morning, Ian. How long have we known about this, this uh, march? Well, I mean, typically with the EDL, we, we don't know until very close to the day actually what's going to happen because they're fairly disorganised. So and we've only really known in the last couple of weeks what they're um, intending. The EDL is kind of a... It, it, it's a headless chicken now, isn't it? it, it it's, it's surely on its last legs. Well, we, we hope so. They're, it's the remnants of football hooliganism, which, um, you know, they've got nothing better to do than disrupt peaceful towns. Do we, do we have any idea how many people are, are expected to, to come? Um, well, any estimates between 30 and um, 200. Um, you know, some marches they've planned, they haven't turned up, and others they've, they've only turned up with 30. But, um, you know, we, we think there may be up to 200. OK. And what, what's their beef this time? What are they having a whinge about now? I don't know. I don't know why they're coming to Stevenage. Stevenage is um, a very peaceful town. Um, it's a multicultural town where everybody gets on with everybody. Um, you know, we've no idea why they've picked on Stevenage. I suppose it, it is their democratic right to protest if they follow the correct avenues, and, and, and we have to, to kind of support that. Yeah, we live in a democratic society, and they've got a right to um, march and um, you know preach their hateful um, message. But if they break the law, then the police will um, take action accordingly. The TUC, uh, their marches is is kind of in protest of, of the EDL march. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the trade union um, movement and the Labour support will be out in the streets to um, show our support for our communities. Right. And we hope this event will go quickly and peacefully. Is it the best decision for the TUC to come out, though, when the EDL there? Because it, it, it could be argued it's best just to let them do their protest and get on with it. If there's an opposing faction there, it, that might cause trouble. Um, we don't... 
the police have taken a lot of steps to keep the um, two marches separate and where the the um, groups are going to be meeting are kept separate and the police have taken a lot of time and effort. They've, they've, they've worked hard at um, trying to get this over as quickly as possible. Uh, expensive, I'd imagine. I don't know what the cost to the police will be. Obviously, yeah. you, you need to ask um, uh, Superintendent Nichols that. And there may be a small cost to the council in terms of clearing up. Um, and obviously, we'd rather not have these people in our town. Richard, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Richard Henry. I hope it goes peacefully. We are joined by Superintendent Matt Nichols from Hertfordshire Police. Uh, morning, Matt. Is, is, is something like this expensive? Uh, good morning, Ian. Um, and thank you for the opportunity to talk about this event. Um, they have been expensive in the past, and um, probably many of your uh, listeners will remember Luton 2011, and, and that was a very expensive policing operation. But over the years, we've learned a lot more about the, the movement. We've worked a lot more effectively in partnership. And so this event in Stevenage is significantly less than the cost of Luton in 2011. How many officers are, you, uh, are going to be there? Uh, we, we have probably in total um, about uh, 200 officers on duty. Um, they will be um, in various uh, guises in terms of some will be public order trained. Um, members of uh, the public will see a number of horses in Stevenage. Horses um, are particularly effective with dealing with mass people gatherings and uh, protests of this type. And we'll have all of the normal safer neighbourhood teams in the town centre who members of the public, local residents, local businesses will recognise because they engage with the community every day. Could you have stopped this protest, Matt? Um, <clears throat> in a word, no. Um, we, we live in a, in a democratic society and the police have a positive duty to safeguard the right to protest um, and we may not impose unreasonable restrictions upon that right. And the only way we could uh, do that is, is if we could show that there would be serious disorder or serious disruption to the community. And bearing in mind the events um, in Luton in 2011, which was a significant protest, that there was, there was no appetite to prevent that. And that is one of the things of living in a democratic society. And I would say that recently the EDL have protested in places like Peterborough, Rotherham, Newcastle, they do engage with the police. We do have a, a relationship with them in terms of a protest liaison officer. And, and we work with them so that they can um, undertake their right to peaceful protest. I would imagine that um, the, the shops in Stevenage uh, might suffer tomorrow. Some people may choose to stay away. Is that your advice? Um, our advice is, is that Stevenage is very much open for business. Uh, and, of course, there's the Stevenage Day on the Sunday. Um, in terms of businesses, we've done various leaflet drops and communications both with businesses and local residents. There will be some disruption both to the Tesco's and the ASDA on a Lytton Way as the, as the um, march comes past there. Um, so we have advised those businesses and we have been putting out messages to, for people just to plan if they go shopping at a certain time um, on a Saturday just to be aware that for a period of time they may not be able to get out of the car park and so they just need to think about that. Matt, I, fingers crossed it goes peacefully and um, trouble-free. That's Superintendent Matt Nichols from Hertfordshire Police. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC oh. Three oh. Radio. Oh. Yeah. 
That is what I'm talking about, baby. That was a stretch. Uh, I'm gonna do it. Go on. Thanks, Richard. Have it! Have it! Oh, it's so good. Have it! When your back clicks. Cass, Cass, do it. Have a stretch, Cass. Have a stretch. I feel taller. Do it! Have a stretch, Cass. Do it! Everybody join us in having a stretch. A 7.56 stretch. Oh, actually, I didn't think I needed a stretch. You need a stretch. Oh, a good one. Oh, I think there's a time for any time for a stretch. Even people from the... Oh, it's my back. The 1940s yeah. need a stretch, Kath. Got to stay limber. <laughs> How does she do that, though? That's funny. Oh. So, let me tell you, Kath, why yesterday was such a revolutionary day for please, me. Please, please, okay. please tell me. So, two things. Small things, but wonderfully huge things. Right. For months... Nay, let's say a year. I've been trying to find a little bit of a product I like to call spray-on starch. Not been able to find it anywhere. And I keep going to the same branch, I'm going to say, of Tesco. And I keep going up and down the same aisle, and it's not there. And yesterday I did a thing I very, very rarely do. I asked someone for help in a supermarket. I asked a lady where the starch was, thinking she said, we don't do it. Because for the last year I've not found it. She took me to this tiny, tiny little section right at the top. Said starch. Starch. Bought two cans, one pound fifty each, three pounds in total. I've starched my shirt. I've starched my jeans. I've starched my pants. I shouldn't have done that. That's made it uncomfortable. Did you starch your shirt? Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. But there's no. Does your shirt know? No, there's no creases in it though. Uh. If I pull it tight, if I pull it taut. Yeah. There's no creases. I do like the smell of starch. There are quite a few creases. And I do like the smell of starch. Uh, well, this, this starch, though, it kind of goes a bit um, powdery yeah. if you iron it, mm. which is defeating. But, but the other thing, for the, I, had, I did something for the first time I've never done um, before yesterday. Uh, it, was, it involved saucy meat. I had barbecue ribs. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I had barbecue ribs for the first time. You can't get much more caveman than that. Whoa, Hold on, sorry, I've missed it because I've been on the phone. Yes. Are these the two interesting things that you've been talking yeah. about all Correct, morning? correct. The, the barbecue ribs. I tried to eat them with a knife and fork. Are you crazy? Then you pick them up. There's not a lot of meat on there. No. But the meat that's on there, oh, it's damn good, man. I know, it takes ages to prepare, <sighs> seconds to well, finish. Well, it takes ages. It took five minutes in the microwave. Oh, you didn't marinate it yourself? Of course not. I got it from the, the supermarket. I don't know why I'm disappointed or surprised. Fun, fun things, guys. Fun things, Matt. Are you playing my Vox soon? Oh, flipping heck. Sorry to bother you. I work at Three Counties Radio. Oh, no, we're not. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 London bound between Junction 13 for Bedford and 12 for Flitwick, one lane is blocked after an accident. Things are slow through the area there and thanks to Sam for phoning in with an update. The M25 anti-clockwise very heavy still between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. Also on the speed sensors, the A1M southbound looking heavy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. We will try and squeeze in Matt's uh, piece about what D-Day stands. It turns out most of you don't know what the D in D-Day stands for. I don't feel so alone now. Let's get the news here, Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's eight o'clock. The headlines. Business leaders back New Bedfordshire Resort. No welcome for EDL in Stevenage. And world leaders gather to mark 70 years since D-Day. BBC Three Counties Radio. Business leaders are welcoming the new Centre Parks Resort in Bedfordshire, which opens today and which is expected to inject £20 million a year into the local economy. Woburn Forest will cater for 350,000 guests each year. Centre Parks says 90% of those who work there live within 15 miles. Rod Calvert chairs Bedfordshire Chamber of Commerce. The big boost to the local shops and economy is the fact that the, the local people have got money in their pockets. That's a, a really big tangible uh, benefit. Bedfordshire, for, for many people in the country, is not a, a location. It's rather somewhere you go through to get somewhere else. And now here we've got all these large numbers of people coming into Bedfordshire. Police and the council in Stevenage say they're working to ensure peaceful marches by the EDL and the TUC in the town tomorrow. Labour councillor Richard Henry says they hope the English Defence League march is a one-off event. I don't know why they're coming to Stevenage. Stevenage is um, a very peaceful town. Um, it's a multicultural town where everybody gets on with everybody. Um, you know, We've no idea why they've picked on Stevenage. We live in a democratic society and they've got a right to march and um, you know preach their hateful um, message but if they break the law then the police will um, take action accordingly. The Conservatives have won the Newark by-election retaining the Nottinghamshire seat but UKIP cut their majority from more than 16,000 in 2010 to just under 7,500. The Liberal Democrats lost their deposit in finishing sixth. Turnout was nearly 53%. The ambulance service say a motorcyclist has suffered life-changing injuries after a collision with a van on the A10 just north of Royston yesterday afternoon. The 25-year-old man was taken to Addenbrooke's Hospital. Aylesbury's hopes of reaching gold standard in the annual Britain in Bloom could be ruined by long grass. According to Liberal Democrat County Councillor Stephen Lambert, he wants the various authorities to work together to keep verges tidy, but Conservative Cabinet Member for Transport Ruth Vigor headley says they're looking to involve more town and parish councils to save money and maintain a service the public want. Stukeley at the moment run a fabulous model that's run by a volunteer that employs uh, younger people. Um, an Amersham Town Council run a superb model and they reach out and they cluster with other parishes and it just gives that flexibility for them to cut as and when they feel their residents would like it. Ceremonies are taking place to mark the 70th anniversary of the D-Day landings. World leaders, including the Queen and President Obama, will join hundreds of veterans in Normandy. 93-year-old Titch Rayner from Aylesbury took part in the invasion. We were... The Oxford Box D Company was elite troops. We live in a Perth, a land in Normandy. You're wearing the tie? Airborne tie. Yeah. I'm proud of it, yeah. So would you be if you went what, through what we went through? In sport, Andy Murray faces Rafael Nadal today in the semi-finals of the French Open and Hertfordshire's Olympic venue, the Lee Valley White Water Centre, hosts the three-day Canoe Slalom World Cup. The weather, a fine and sunny day, a maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. If I had a choice, I wouldn't live anywhere else. It's one of those places that has retained its character and will hopefully continue to do so for many, many years. It's all about where you live. Oh, just a great buzzing place to live, really. There's so much going on. And all this week, we're featuring Stony Stratford. Stony Stratford, this is the place to be. The big tour from BBC Three Counties Radio.
I got something much better to play. I got something much better to play. Sorry? Uh oh, what have you got? No, I've got something really nice to play. Right, this is me and my boys last night, okay? This is, this is the second time they did it. I wish I'd recorded the first time, okay? So this is them. They get in bed, got in bed with me and they're going, Daddy, can we watch the opening, the monkeys, the opening to the monkeys? They like the opening. I said, oh, no, not really. And my youngest now got this thing where he puts his hand and goes, just a little bit. Oh! Just a little bit. So, okay, so this is, this is, I record, this is them listening. Uh, this is them watching the opening to the monkeys, okay? Hang on a second. Watch the opening theme to the monkeys. Are you ready? Here it comes. Okay, well, you sit up straight and then you'll be able to see. What's he doing? Here we go. Ready? Steady. Listen to how much they love it. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy. crazy. <laughs> They're doing the walk. Yeah. He's being sarcastic now. A bike in that is crazy. A bike in the sea? That's crazy. Lots of bikes in the house. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't a bike in the house. Having a bath outside. There's a bit where they have a bath out in the street. It's cra- having a bath outside. It's crazy. That was my evening. What did you get up to? Something similar, actually. I had a bath outside. Yeah. D- what? Sorry. <laughs> you had a bath outside. Can you do it in the 1944 voice? I had a bath outside. <laughs> <laughs> The best voice in the world. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's the last 55 minutes of the show and then it's the weekend. Hey, I've got a D-Day update. Oh, yeah? I mean, in terms of the first woman on the scene. Oh, because you know we won that, yeah? Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, well, should, we, should, I, do the, should I do the menu and then we'll... Well, you can, but I thought maybe someone out there might know more about her. Well, sh- let, shall I do the menu? Yeah, well, you know, go on then. Thank you very much. Coming up, we'll have Kath's D-Day update. 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Kath, I believe you've got a D-Day update. Well, give me that, I didn't. I, I don't no, know. I do. It was um, from Carol in Elstree rang, but she thinks you're too daft to speak to. Sorry? Um, I, you know, I can see that. Oh, really? So she said that she knew about the first woman who was from Radlett, the first woman who arrived on the beaches on D-Day. Oh, yeah, this was we had a caller mention this earlier on, didn't Paul we? in Elstree. I yeah. wonder if he knows Carol in Elstree. OK. They should, oh. they should be neighbours. Yeah. Um, she says that the woman we're talking about is Iris Bauer, or ended up Iris Bauer. She married Bauer. Jack Bauer. No, in the during the um, war, she was called Iris Ogilvy. You've got to do it in the voice. She was known as Fluff. Fluff. I love wartime she was a nicknames. Nurse. Good and if for you, her. If you'd like to read more, there is an excellent book by Eric Taylor called Frontline Nurses. Mm, fantastic. But apparently, um, Iris Bauer, nay Ogilvie, used to do talks in the area. Oh. Yeah. So. Well, there, there we go. That's... If anyone knows any more. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now, as we've been hearing, a new one hundred million pound centre parks opens officially today in Bedfordshire. The holiday company's fifth resort includes a subtropical swimming area and six hundred and twenty-five lodges. It will employ fifteen hundred staff and inject around twenty million pounds a year into the local economy. Where well, Mar- Martin Dolby is the chief executive of Centre Parks. Good morning, Martin. Good morning. Is Ian. everything in place? Are all the doorknobs on? Is the paint dry? Are you ready? We are absolutely ready and we've got the sun shining as well. It's a fantastic morning.
morning to welcome our first guests here to Woburn Forest, uh, our newest park in the UK. How many visitors are you expecting to come in over the weekend? We've got about uh, 3,000 this oh, weekend, blimey. so uh, we're not going to be quite full. We just want to gradually build up to our normal levels of occupancy, but, uh, you know, a lot of people here this weekend, and the weather's fantastic. They're going to really be, you know, wowed by all the new facilities, I'm sure. Well, now, listen, I, what, what I admire about you, you've made up a place named Martin, Waltham, well, Woburn Forest, between Flittick and Millbrook, you've made that up. Not at all, not at all. We, we always choose a good name to, uh, to name our parks, Longleat Forest, Sherwood Forest, something that means something in the area. And Woburn, of course, is a great name. There's a lot of heritage goes with that name. And we wanted to pick a name that uh, suited our newest park. So uh, we haven't made it up. OK. Are you, are you confident that the road network can handle the amount of visitors that you're anticipating? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've, we've been open for trial breaks now for three weeks, so we've had no issues on the road network. We've obviously built a couple of new roundabouts to uh, ease the flow of traffic. Uh, we've got a huge car park. We've got a very long arrivals road within the park itself. Uh, and, of course, the evidence from our other parks over the last 27 years is that, you know, the guests come staggered out through the course of the day, so we don't really get many bottleneck areas. And, okay. yeah, there should be no issues. Uh, you're creating 1,500 jobs. Uh, 90% of those are, are, are local. How many of those are permanent? All of them. Fantastic. Yeah, no, no, we've got, we've got 1,500 employees on the books, 90% live within 15 miles of the site, and the, the great news is that 40% of those people are in the age group 16 to 24, year old, 24 years old. In other words, it's local jobs for local young people. It's, it's, great, it's a great story. No, that's, that's, that, that's great news that, that, that we're, we're helping people, or you're helping people like that. In what other ways do you think Centre Parks is going to benefit the local economy? Yeah, I mean, we've already engaged about 40 local businesses to help us with the park, you know, supplying goods and services, so there'll be a lot of small businesses in the area that will benefit. Uh, of course, we're going to have 350,000 visitors coming into the county every year. They're going to stop at local shops, petrol stations, buy a newspaper, all that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, we, we estimate about £20 million of impact on the local economy in, in, on an annual basis, which is, you know, a huge sum for the area. Now, Martin, listen, come on. I've got friends who live near um, theme parks and places like this. I've got some friends who live very close to Lego, Legoland. Yep. And what Legoland do every year is that with people within a couple of miles radius, they send a letter out saying, look, we'll give you a 30% discount on an annual membership or we'll give you four free passes. Are you going to do that for the, the people of Flittick and Millbrook? Uh, in, a, in, a, in a word, we're not going to do that. Oh. Uh, we, that's not something we've ever done in the last, over the last 27 years. What we have just done last week is have an open day where we allowed lots of local residents to come onto the park and just see exactly oh. what it is that we've been building for the last two years. Um, but no, we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have any uh, sort of local discounts or anything of that nature. That, that, some people might think that's a little bit of a shame. Ah, I think, you know, we run a commercial operation. We have to make a profit just like anybody else. We have shareholders to satisfy. We need to continue to reinvest in our business every year to ensure that we maintain our high levels of quality and standards. And, and, and discounting is not something that we've ever, ever considered. Martin, may, well, listen, maybe, maybe you should consider it. I wish you the very best of luck with the launch today. I'm sure it will go smoothly and wonderfully. And if you're going there uh, to Centre Parks this weekend, I hope you have a fantastic time. Martin Dolby, Chief Executive of the aforementioned Holiday Resort. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I get paid extra for that advert, yeah? Cool. Uh, got some texts. Uh, the EDL protest and the TUC protest that's taking place in Stevenage this weekend. Phil says, as much as I disagree with what the EDL stands for, EDL stands for, I sometimes think that local and national authorities don't trust the public to make reasoned judgments. Let them have a peaceful march and clear off. We're more than capable of deciding what's right and wrong. 
Gary in Luton says uh, the EDL, Muppets that they may be, are British citizens who have the right to protest and march. I think the Stevenage spokesman... Oh, Gary, really? Is this the best you can do? I think the Stevenage spokesman was being outright racist in saying, we don't want these people, British people, in our town. If this was Muslims protesting and he said the same comment, there would be an uproar. Yet again, double-sided. If it was, um, if it was a Muslim uh, um, racist organisation and he said these people, I think the councillor would be well within his rights. He's not... How... Gary, oh, Gary, stop sending in your ridiculous texts. Call up, for goodness sake, so we can argue this out and I can point out just how nonsensical that is. Dave says, why does it cost so much to police marches and protests? Aren't they being paid anyway, or do they get some kind of double-bubble protest money? Well, I guess they have to get people uh, in who wouldn't necessarily be in. Uh, maybe they've got, um, you know, time off and they get them in. Um, I'm not sure. 08459 455 555 is the uh, phone number. Gary, do do call in. You you do text in with the most ridiculous tosh sometimes. How was the councillor being racist and saying we don't want these people? It wasn't a nod to British people, it was a nod to racists. And yes, if Muslim racists or Muslim extremists were, were protesting and he said these people, then no, there wouldn't be an uproar, Gary. There wouldn't be an uproar at all. You plum. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Um, we've had some texts about D Day. Um, we've had one saying that he was told it meant disembarkation day. I was told by my dad the D and D Day stood for disembarkation day. You try saying that, says Stephen. Well, it turns out the D just stands for di- day, day day. Matt's getting excited because he's Matt, Matt's thinking this might be building up to a, a play of audio, aren't you, Matt? That's what you're thinking. Not now. No, not playing it yet. Not, not playing it yet. I reckon maybe after... after If JVS keeps it short, OK, if JVS keeps it short when he comes in, then we might play it. Right. OK? But if, if we don't play it, it's a nice souvenir of the day that you can take and show, show your mum. Look, I'm, look what I made today, mum. She doesn't get radio. She doesn't get it. She'll think... What is that? Why did you waste your time doing that? Yeah, yeah, You're asking people the D in D-Day? Yeah, yeah. What's D-Day? should know. OK, OK. Again, we're entering your own personal hell and there's, there's, there's no need uh, for that. I've got another text here. Let's have a look at this. Ian, I returned from a tour of the D-Day landings a few years ago. Standing in the war cemeteries and seeing all those headstones is very emotional. The beaches were so quiet and tranquil. It's difficult to imagine that 70 years ago they were the site of mass slaughter. I'll be watching the celebrations on telly tonight and remembering all those involved, those who died, and also those that survived, but still bear with them the memories of that day. One of the people on my tour celebrated his 70th birthday the day we visited Ranville War Cemetery. The cemetery where his dad is buried, a dad he never knew. Vaughn, thank you very much for that. We don't normally dwell on the um, the mawkish and the emotional on this show, but you know what? We've had such cracking stories. We've got another cracking story coming up in about three or four minutes about D-Day as well. So do indulge us if you wouldn't mind. BBC Three Counties Radio, let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 London bound, between Junction 13 for Bedford and 12 for Flittick, there was an earlier accident. Still slow through the area, but all lanes have reopened now. On the speed sensors around Mark Yate, the A5 heading towards Dunstable looking heavy at the moment. And also in Kings Langley, still delays on the A41 as you head towards the M25. In Enfield, the A10 looking very busy as you head towards Ponders End from the M25. 
Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. It's 8.16. It's Friday the 6th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Business leaders are welcoming the new Centre Parks resort in Bedfordshire, which opens today and which is expected to inject £20 million a year into the local economy. Woburn Forest will cater for 350,000 guests each year. Police and the council in Stevenage say they're working to ensure peaceful marches by the EDL and the TUC in town tomorrow. And ceremonies are taking place in Normandy to mark the 70th anniversary of the D-Day landings. BBC Three Counties Radio. Recognise this. What about this? And this? what they all have in common. They were all filmed locally in Elstree and this afternoon I'll be live from Elstree Studios to celebrate 100 years of filmmaking in the area. There was always different stars coming in and out. That was always nice about that. Every week there was a guest star, so that was lovely. You'll hear from some of the biggest names as we celebrate the stages and screens of Hertfordshire. You absolute traitor. You're a terrible traitor to work at Elstree. Celebrating 100 years of film and TV making in Elstree and Warren Wood this afternoon from 3 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey up, Dennis. Good morning, Ian. Good morning to you, sir. Isn't it a beautiful day? I don't know. I'm stuck in a tiny box. Oh, dear. And you're talking down a tube. Yeah, I'm talking down... Have you heard Kath's voice? Doesn't it sound good? Well, no, don't forget, we're Mancunians. We speak proper. Right, proper. Oh, yes, boss. <laughs> is that Win in the background? It is, yes. We don't get to hear Win, win very often. Well, no, because I, she used to be my toy girl, but I've lost the key and can't wind her up too often. Yeah, no. she's. She, you're older than her now. I am, yes, by two months. Yes, yes. Morning, Win. Morning! I, I'm so sorry you have to put up with Dennis. <laughs> We're doing our best to push him over the edge, but he won't let go. Well, we're not, as I said, putting up with me, I'm still trying to find out how long we've been married. Well, do we, do, Dennis, I'm not married to you. You're married to the lady in the room I with you. I even now we have an argument about it. How long have you been married, Wynne? She doesn't know. I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to Wynne. Wynne, how long have you been married? 65. She's just count, just miscounted, yes, 65. <laughs> actually, I'm not even sure we were married, actually. Oh, wait, what? You... What? Well, I was away in the Navy at the time when it, time, it came time to buy the licence. Wynne bought the licence and it was seven and six in those days. Yes. But so was the dog licence. Uh-oh. And so, having got that, yeah. I then went to church. She was late to start with. As she should be. No, she was, no, she was extra late. Well, how late was she? How late were you, Wynne? <laughs> <laughs> how late were you for church? Waiting for the taxi. So the taxi was going to bring her to North Wales from Manchester and he was late coming back. So the priest says, sort of poking me in the backside and uh, saying... That's what they do. We've got a funeral before long. If you don't know, we'll have a wedding and funeral together. Oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Then when he came in... Why is he telling me this? Um, well, I say, when he ke- when when, uh, 
when came in yeah. and we presented the ring, I was fighting the priest and put it on the right finger. Yeah. It was pushed. It, apparently, it was part of the ceremony. He's put on every finger, but being an illegitimate kissed Christian, I didn't know what the hell. You don't was put on. it on every finger. You take the, the the engagement ring off and then put that over the top of the wedding ring. I know that much. Yeah, but it wasn't that. He, he couldn't. He couldn't make his mind up, and I was struggling with him. And then, as I say, when we got into the vestry. Um, somebody put a chip in my arm, so I think it was a dog licence, because every time I go past the bed, it drinks. Wynn, how on earth do you put up with him? Because we... No, I'm talking to Wynn, Dennis, not you! (laughs) She can't hear you. Right, well, translate for me. Wynn, how do you put up with him? We laugh. Don't don't tell her what to say. Wynn, are you there of your own free will? Cough twice if you want me to rescue you. What? Do you want you to rescue him? Rescue me? I wouldn't do it if I was you. You've taken up more than you think. Yeah, probably. Dennis, nice to talk to you. Have a lovely weekend. Dearie me. Don, uh, Don's on the line. Morning, Don. Hello, morning. Don, what would you like to say, boss? The, 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 D, the D in D-Day yes. stands for deliverance, and you can put your house on it. Well, now, I'm not I'm not so confident. The, one of the first calls we had, Don, said deliverance. Then we've had disembarkation. Then we've had it's just it's, it's just a military code. Then we've had it stands for day. I'm, I don't know who to believe. Well, what's it your... Ev- it's definitely deliverance. How I'm, do you know I'm, this? I definitely know this because I was at King's Cross... Well, I used to work on the railway at King's Cross Station in 1944. Yeah. And I come out and there was in the paper... Deliverance Day on the evening news. Oh. So you can bank on it. Is the deliverance is the word. Don, thank you very much I, indeed. Is the uh, okay? Well, I, I'm still not convinced. I'm still not 100% convinced. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Well, we're asking what D the D and D Day stands for. I'm so glad I did. I thought it'd be one of those questions I'd ask, and everyone would go, "Oh, you plum, you utter spe- You don't know." Get it. Go back to communist Russia. Well, no, hang on. They were on our side. Anyway, uh, but it turns out most of you don't know. Why are we talking about D-Day? Well, because today is the 70th anniversary of it. June the 6th, 1944, more than 156,000 Allied troops stormed the beaches of France in an attack which marked the beginning of, world, uh, beginning of the end sorry, of World War II. But before the boats landed, the 6th Airborne Division had a vital job, securing two bridges in enemy territory to prevent the Germans from reinforcing their troops. There are few veterans alive today who took part in that mission, but one of them, who's now 93, lives in Buckinghamshire. Tara Gungafell went to meet him. I'm Tid Trainer, Aylesbury, born and bred. And I was the smallest born, and my mummy, mother said, what a titty, out of nine family. And I was kept to me all my life. They didn't mind me going into the army, to me. Good, wasn't it? Come out with a sergeant. Of a, a very elite troops. We were, the Oxford Bucks D Company was elite troops. We were the first to land in Normandy. You're wearing the tie. Airborne tie. I'm proud of it, yeah. Well, so would you be if you went what, through what we went through? I'm Captain Bill Hollander. I've been in the Royal Green Jackets rifles for about 34 years. Titch was in the Oxen Bucks. Light Infantry, which is one of our former regiments. Mm. So I've known Titch for about 21 years now, mm. and I'm privileged to have known him. We were a good unit. Yeah, they were <laughs> finely tuned athletes of their time. Um, in military form, 
ready to take on this this mission this special mission and everybody else was doing special missions but this was this was the first action to to get into europe um and they were picked because they were the best and major john howard finest officer in the british army he was the finest officer you could ever lead with you. Oh, you say that with a lot of affection. I do. There's nobody better. Major John Howard was in command of 180 men on D-Day. Their task was to take and hold two bridges over the River Orne and the Cane Canal. Six horse gliders were used to transport the troops to their target, a small section of land in enemy-held territory between the two bridges. The first three gliders touched down at 20 past midnight, six hours ahead of the Normandy landings. After ten minutes of intensive fighting, they had taken the bridges, which are now called Pegasus, the emblem of the Airborne Division, and Horsa in their honour. Titch Rayner was in glider number four. The glider lands direct onto the target. You don't drop by a parachute and then consolidate. We drop straight into the uh, fighting. The, the glider pilots, uh, one, two and three gliders that, that landed sort of 100 metres short of the bridge. Lots of people at the time said it was the best piece of flying that happened during the whole war. To get 28 men in these gliders plus the two, two pilots that close to their target. And it was, it was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. In the dead of night, remember? Where were you shot? In the arm, straight through the arm, up here. Your right arm? Mm. And your right handed? Yeah. What, what was that pain like? Red, well, like a red hot, hot poker going through your arm. I carried on with them. I've got nowhere else to go, had I? I couldn't get back to England until I got back with them. I'd lost a lot of blood because I didn't have it wrapped uh, wrapped up for six hours. <laughs> we weren't babies, we were tough men. Mm-hmm. It's only a bullet going through and a very successful landing, wasn't it? Else you probably wouldn't be here today. <laughs> Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Excellent stuff, Tara. Thank you very much. You can hear a bit more of that uh, later on in the day on Roberto's show as well. Um, we've got some texts on what D-Day D, D means. Um, Leslie in Watford said, I was roundly told off by Mr Roberts, my geography teacher, for not knowing that the D&D Day stood for deliverance. Well, but Leslie, I would suggest you go and uh, hunt down this Mr Roberts uh, and get him to squeal like a little piggy because it, it, it may not mean deliverance. He may have got that wrong. Uh, Gabriel says, uh, Gabriel or Gabrielle? Who would you go for? Gabriel. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't know what she sounds like. That's the wonderful thing. She's going to get... She, you, you, you wait. Upstairs in the, in the office, she'll be listening away and giggling to herself. Is it going to be a terrible, terrible shock? <laughs> yes, it is. It's incredible. D-Day is a military term for target day. Then why isn't it called T-Day? Example, D3, D2, D1, D-Day, D plus 1, D2. But, but why do they use the D? Gabriel, why do they use the D? D-Day was chosen because as a letter it was easier to communicate phonetically and avoid confusion. Actual day would be D plus one without giving the actual date. But it's not. D isn't that easy because... Sorry, did you say T? D. 
T, did you say T? You'd say Delta. Yeah, you'd say Delta. Or Tango. No, that's T. Yeah, exactly. What? OK. 08459 four double five five double five. It's uh, coming up to the last 30 minutes of the show. You can. Uh, it turns out there is no definitive answer, certainly not from you lot, as to what the D in D-Day stands for. There's the, the, we seem to be getting a lot of deliverance, or it's just kind of a, 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 a generic letter. Do you know what I'm getting? A lot of very cross phone calls of people who are sure they're right. I, yeah, this is this is what's so great. We had the fellow that just phoned up and said you could bet your house on it. That poor poor Leslie was told off by Mr. Roberts, the geography teacher, for not knowing it was deliverance. And yet I I suspect that Mr. Roberts and that cabbie were both wrong. I have no evidence to back that up. Matt, if only we had um, some word on the street as to what it meant. I mean, that would be good, wouldn't it? Um, Do you want to... I'll t- I tell you what, listen, you've been a good sport. Do you want to introduce your um, piece, your package? Before the headlines? Yeah, go on, go Oh, on. good. Well, squeeze it in, go on. Well, I just ask people, what does a D&D day stand for? Sorry to bother you. I work at Three Counties Radio. Oh, no, I'm going to Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Between Buckingham and Bletchley on the speed sensors, the A421 heavy around the Great Hall would turn off as you head towards Milton Keynes. And at the London Coney roundabout, north orbital approaches looking heavy at the moment. Still in Enfield, we've got delays on the A10. That's very heavy as you head towards Ponders End from the M25. On public transport, London Overground have severe delays between Wilsdon Junction and Clapham Junction because some engineering works overran. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Police and the council in Stevenage say they're working to ensure peaceful marches by the English Defence League and the TUC in the town tomorrow. Harfordshire police say lessons have been learned from the EDL event in Luton in 2011. Business leaders are welcoming the new Centre Parks Resort in Bedfordshire, which opens today and which is expected to inject £20 million a year into the local economy. Woburn Forest will cater for 350,000 guests each year. And ceremonies are taking place to mark the 70th anniversary of the D-Day landings. World leaders including the Queen and President Obama will join hundreds of veterans in Normandy. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Andy Murray faces Rafael Nadal today in the semi-finals of the French Open. Their match will be second on court following Novak Djokovic against Ernest Gulbis. Here's Russell Fuller. Murray faces the toughest test in tennis. Nadal's back may be cause for concern, but he was still able to win 10 games in a row against David Ferrer, and in 10 years at Roland Garros, has only once shaken hands a beaten man. A forecast of hot sunshine is just to the champion's liking. The conditions will allow his top-spun forehand to rear up venomously on the clay, but Murray is one of the sport's great returners and has been striking the ball with great conviction. Two five-set matches may take their toll, but if Murray can eliminate the mini slumps which have hindered his progress so far, he can make life very difficult for Nadal this afternoon. England midfielder Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain says he's staying positive over his chances of playing in the World Cup following Wednesday night's knee injury against Ecuador. Manager Roy Hodgson says they'll give him every chance of proving his fitness. Former England defender Gary Mabbott says the former Tottenham striker Jermaine Defoe should be called up if Oxlade-Chamberlain is ruled out. I think Jermaine Defoe should have been in the uh, in, in the squad from the first place. 
He's doing well at Toronto at the moment, scoring a lot of goals over there. He's in form, so I would probably bring in Jermaine Defoe. In rugby scrum half, Danny Kerr is out of England's first test in New Zealand tomorrow, so Ben Youngs is called up. Practice takes place this afternoon, our time for Sunday's Canadian Grand Prix, and the world's best canoeists will be at the Lee Valley White Water Centre in Hertfordshire today as the three-day canoe slalom World Cup begins. It will be the first time the Olympic venue has hosted international competition since London 2012, but, uh, but Bedford gold medalist Etienne Stott misses out due to his shoulder injury. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties oh, Radio. Oh, oh, it's JBS. Honestly, I've not made Catherine's microphone sound like that deliberately. It's a spooky coincidence. It sounds very wartime. It's great, isn't it? Yes. She can't hear it in her headphones, so she doesn't know what she sounds like. She's oh, in really? for a lovely surprise when she goes upstairs to have a little listen. Yes, but it's very kind of old BBC, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? I kind of like that That kind of... i tell you what I saw yesterday, a couple of days ago, in um really nice kind of charity shop. It's like a retro charity shop, right? It was a radiogram. Oh. A big old-fashioned radiogram. Half of it was radio, half of it was record player, and there were kind of speakers built in. Did it's, you not buy it? It was only 80 quid. Why didn't you buy it? I've got nowhere to put it. <laughs> oh. I've got nowhere to put it. I, and I did, I looked at it longingly, and I just thought, ooh, I want that bad boy. And it would look... It just, I mean, it, it looked wonderful. And we, it's one of the kind of thing that was smaller than what, the one we had when I was a kid, actually. We used to have a massive radiogram that was, and there was a cupboard in it as well that you could just put junk in, bits of string and dice and marbles and things. But I saw it and I thought, oh. My neighbour downstairs, she said to me once, she said, Jonathan, could, would you be kind? She's in her 80s. She yeah. said, would you be kind enough to take something to the tip for me? I said, yeah, no problem. So I went down there to collect what it was. Yeah. It was a genuine 1970s Bang & Olufsen stereo system. <sighs> I said, why do you want me to take it to the tip? She said, oh, it doesn't work anymore. I said, really? It doesn't mm. work? She said, no, no, it doesn't work. I've had it since the 70s. It doesn't work anymore. Wow. So I, di- I didn't take it to the tip. I Good. said, I don't want to take it to the tip. I said, can I have it instead? And she said, yes, it's been sitting in my loft now for six years. <laughs> I, I don't know if it works or not. No. But it's so beautiful and it had lovely wooden speakers. I thought, I can't take that to the tip. I bet that'll be worth a few quid. Well, even if it doesn't work? Yeah, because uh, it, I bet it'll be really easy to repair. Because it's not really? it, it, it's not all like microchips and things like that. If it's microchips, it's new stuff, you can't repair it. But it'll just be, it'll just be, need a bit of soldering. I think I should get it repaired then. I think you should totally get it repaired. Oh. Things like that. And, and then either have it out on display and use it or, you know, sell it on eBay for a she, few quid. She even gave me the original perfect condition manual that Oh, mate, it's it. going to be worth a fortune. Is it really? Am I sitting on a, on, on a small it's gold? It's going to be worth a fortune. Oh, lovely. Yes. Well, if I, if I sell it, yeah. I'll split the cost with her. No, 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 do with her now. She gave it to you six years ago, mate. She's forgotten about it. I'm the one that's telling you... <laughs> no, seriously, I'm the one that's telling yeah, but, you it's worth a few quid. Right. Yeah, so... Yeah, but she might be able to have a, you know, a little cruise or something. It's going to be worth that. <laughs> No? Oh. I, no. Well, you're building my hopes up. You might get a, a hundred quid or something for it. Uh, oh. oh, forget that. I'll keep it. Cyril, <laughs> <laughs> what's on your show today? Right, we're coming up on the big phone. By the way, I should just point out, we will be uh, discussing D-Day a little later on yep. in my show. Good for you. 
Uh, but coming up at nine, uh, it's perhaps today's biggest local story. It's this EDL march that's uh, taking place in Stevenage yep. tomorrow. Police and the council in Stevenage, they say they're working to ensure peaceful marches by the EDL and the TUC in the town tomorrow. Labour councillor Richard Henry says he's opposed to the march going ahead, but accepts the organisation has a democratic right to voice its opinion. Council leader Sharon Taylor has tweeted today that the march will cost hundreds of thousands of pounds to police at a time when funding for public services is running short. Well, the EDL Facebook page has asked supporters to meet at the Marquis of Lawn pub in Stevenage for 10 o'clock in the morning. But we've just heard from the pub Mm. that they don't want the supporters meeting there. They don't want them in the pub. They're not welcome in the pub. And a poster for the event tweeted by a man who calls himself at Call Me Infidel asks members in Stevenage to march for the children of today, protect them from the Muslim paedophiles of tomorrow. Oh, right. Yeah, OK. Yeah. Well, those futuristic Muslim paedophiles, you know, they get around. Well, from 9am this morning, I'd like your views. Should the EDL be allowed to march through Stevenage tomorrow? Should this march be allowed to take place? 08459 455555. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that this morning from 9 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm getting excited by his, um, his, his bang and Olufsen. I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to charm it off him. You should have said, oh, they're a real devil to get rid of. Let me uh, take it off your hands. What? Do it, do it 1940s lady. <laughs> Go on. Does it really sound that bad? It sounds no. It sounds wonderful. <laughs> when Jonathan came in, he said, uh, "What have you done to Kath's mic? Have you done?" I've said, "I've done." Honestly, I've done nothing to it. It's just haunted by D Day. <laughs> D Day is haunting your um, microphone. Well, I think you missed a trick there, chaps. Yes, I think we did. Um, Anthony's on the line. Morning, Anthony. Morning, Ian. How are we? Um, well, do you know what, Anthony? It's it's nearly the weekend. And yes, it's a very busy weekend. But for goodness sakes, even I, grumpy me on a Friday, can uh, feel a little bit light in spirit. <laughs> what you got for us? Um, well, we've uh, after uh, after you've your support from last time, we've got Esme's All Stars car wash coming up tomorrow. Oh yes, of course. Now remind me, Esme is, is Esme your little daughter? Es- Esme's my little girl. Yes, your little girl, and she's got. Have I got this right? Locked in syndrome. Uh, kind of. It's, it's actually Rett syndrome. Rett syndrome. Got, okay, and just just remind point. us, remind people what how that affects her. Um, basically, it's uh, it's robbed her of the ability to speak, um, a meaningful use of her hands, um, and uh, some some red girls can't walk. Um, some can't feed themselves either. We're lucky; Esme can feed herself at the moment, um, but she's she's a special little girl. Basically, mm. she 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 talks through her eyes. Let's say. Mm. And how hard is that for you as as a dad? It's her, it's horrible because classic example. I took her to her little dance class with all the other four year olds uh, on Wednesday, and she's like a little island. She stumbles around doing her own thing whilst all the other uh, little boys and girls are following the instructions from the teacher and are are pretending to be trees and are pretending to be 
frogs and princes and things like that, whereas she just bimbles around, does her own thing, but she's happy. That's all I can ask for, really. Well, that, I mean, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking, because we, we all want our kids to be part of and to, you know, feel welcomed and, and you know, part of a community. But, if, you know, if she's happy, that's something, isn't it? Yeah, so you, you yeah other, other, ch- other children do gravitate towards her as well, because she's pl- quite pliable. They, yeah. like, they love having her around, yeah. so they pull them into which is lovely to see they pull her into their group and they make her part of what they're doing they don't i mean the young children don't know uh to discriminate no at this age they they just think she's a lovely little girl so what's it you're raising some money what are you raising the money for uh raising the money for equipment and for her future um there is technology out there called eye gaze technology which is incredibly expensive it's about twenty-five thousand pounds for the for the computer and the course. It's the similar kind of thing that Stephen Hawking's the professor uses, oh, right. where he uses his eyes to talk through a computer. So she will be able to talk. Hopefully, one day we will hear a voice, albeit mechanical. And you're having a little car wash. Where, whereabouts? Um, Village Gate Pub in Wendover. We're being supported by the RAF volunteers as well. We should have around about ten to fifteen squaddies. We hope. Um, weather permitting, um, who will be dressed up in lovely raspberry pink oh. Esmo's All-Stars T-shirts. Um, and there's another young lady who uh, we are giving a percentage of the funds to called uh, Amy, um, Amy Russell, who is also trying to go to Cambodia to build a school. Uh, she's only 16. She's doing something fantastic. So we're trying to give something to her as well. So just tell us exactly where and when tomorrow. Um, it's from 9 o'clock till 12 o'clock before the pub opens. It's the Village Gate Pub, Wendover Road, Wendover. And actually, I, I haven't forgotten. I'm just not going to... did last time your <laughs> missus was on. I said I was going to give you a few quid. Send me the details of where I can send some money, and I'll, I'll, I'll do that to the, the weekend at some point. I will do. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. I hadn't forgotten. I just, you know, I, I was hoping you'd, you'd forget. I'm, I'm teasing. I just do. I haven't got round to it because I'm rubbish. Send me the details and we'll, I'll send a few quid. Um, James is in Bedford. Morning, James. Hello, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, James. What would you like to say? Um, D-Day, mate. Yes. Um, it does stand for day, um, and there was also H-Hour. Oh. Um, and they were planning phrases that were used by the military. Okay. Um, basically, so that they could uh, create a plan and refer to things in absolute terms. So whatever event happens at H-Hour, they could do plus and minus from that. Yeah. Same with the day. And, th- and there were two advantages. What, one, it made it very simple to understand. Yeah. Um, and it also meant that you could change the date if you needed to, because, as you know, D-Day was actually delayed by 24 hours because yes. of the weather. Um, and it meant that you wouldn't then have to update all the written ah. plans that were out there. You could just say to people... On your plan, D-Day is actually the 6th of June, and H-Hour is 0600. Well, hang on, because Leslie in Watford got in big trouble by, from Mr Roberts, the geography teacher, because she didn't know that it stood for deliverance. Is Mr Roberts wrong? He is, yeah, because mm. there, there were a lot of, lot of tags applied to it retrospectively by the press. Right, I because, see. Because we know the press does stuff like that for no, headlines. No, you know, that James, kind of how cynical of you. No. Hang on a second. Well, G- no, Judy. Hello. Judy, has James got it right? Uh, pretty much bang on. The D-Day bit is, is being used by various countries um, at various times in history. It is a military term. It means absolutely nothing. Oh. What it actually stands for is the planning of a campaign or a battle, but it's D-Day when it's in the planning stages and the date and the time has not been formalised. 
so it is the the intention to as the d day in, in the second world war was as the intention to uh invade the uh, northwest of france how do you know how do you know that this is what it means judy because I've looked it up and done quite a, research, a bit of research on it since okay. about half past five as well. <laughs> six o'clock when he got... Did, you know, did you know, Judy, before? Uh, I, I was kind of uh, leaning in that direction, right. but I can't say I did. Now, that would okay. be dishonest. James, how did you know? James? Oh, I think we've lost James. James, Judy, thank you very much indeed. I'm so glad I asked the question because... I thought I was such a plum for not knowing what D-Day stood for. I felt embarrassed yesterday as uh, it was all on the radio and the TV. And then coming in this morning, I thought, you know, I can't honestly sit here for a whole show and look at these pictures of these brave gentlemen on the front pages of the newspapers and in, uh, inside the newspapers. And I can't sit there and talk about it honestly. I, I had to um, grasp myself up. Um, and so I, I haven't got no idea what it stands for. Peter's on the line. Morning, Peter. Morning, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good, thank you, Peter. Now I think I know what D-Day stands for. What would you like to say? Um, you know, sorry I'm towards the end of your show. I've, uh, I've just been trying to track down a mate of mine. I've, I've finally got him. I've, he's a parachute uh, instructor and takes people up and films them and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Disabled. You remember the flying guy? Oh, we had, it was uh, Len, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if he wants to do it, he, I can get all the forms printed off for him. As long as he's got a good ticker, he's, he's allowed to go up and do it. And, <laughs> and the, the certificate lasts for... Two years. And, right, and how much is it going to cost? No, I'll do that. I'll do that. It's, it's right, all the right. way over in Reading, because you could have seen airspace. Right. It has to be right out of Reading, but what? I'll get my chauffeur to come and get him. Like, what do you mean your chauffeur? You're, you're not Peter Stringfellow or something, are you? No, I'm Peter Meat. I'm a butcher. <laughs> Pete, stay there. Listen, I've got to go to the travel. Stay there. Well, I want to discuss this a little bit further with you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, clockwise, between Junction 23 for the A1M and 24 for Potter's Bar, one lane is blocked because a lorry's broken down, making things quite slow through that area. Also in St Albans, uh, the London Road queuing in both directions at the High Street. And then in Enfield, the A10 still looking very heavy as you head towards Ponders End from the M25. Public Transport London Overground have severe delays after overrunning engineering works. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 8.45... Oh, you should hear the discussions going on here. It's 8.45, it's Friday the 6th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Police and the council in Stevenage say they're working to ensure peaceful marches by the EDL and the TUC in the town tomorrow. Hertfordshire Police told this programme that lessons have been learned from the EDL event in Luton in 2011. Business leaders are welcoming the new Centre Parks Resort in Bedfordshire, which opens today and which is expected to inject £20 million a year into the local economy. And ceremonies are taking place in Normandy to mark the 70th anniversary of the D-Day landings. Let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Well, quite a lot of sunshine around today and plenty of blue sky as well. We've got temperatures reaching about 22 degrees Celsius, but a bit of an uncomfortable night to follow as humidity rises. So it's going to be a little bit muggy with temperatures down to 13 or 14 degrees. And it clouds over in the early hours of the morning ahead of this rain coming up from the southwest. The Met Office have a yellow warning in place for that rain from 3 a.m. until midnight tomorrow. Now, it's not going to rain uh, consistently through that time. We're looking at uh, some showery outbreaks of rain, which at times are going to be quite heavy. And where it is heavy, there is a risk of localised flooding. Um, By the end of the day, though, we're looking at a fair amount of sunshine around and it should be a lot drier too, with temperatures reaching 22 or 23 degrees Celsius. And a fresher night to follow. It was Sunday, looking like the better day for the weekend, though some sunny spells, largely dry. We may just have some rain coming up from the south again in the night. And then Monday and Tuesday, a bit showery, uh, with some sunny spells on Tuesday. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person who can sort this out. The JVS Show, on BBC Three Counties Radio. OK, so earlier on, what, a, what it, it, it's been quite a sentimental show for us. We never normally do this this uh, kind of guff, but actually I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. Don't worry, normal service will resume on uh, Monday, won't it, Catherine? Yes. Oh, good, your voice is still uh, still sounds funny. What about... What about now? Uh, say something. Uh, hello. It's it's a little bit better. Is it's it? it's it, not massively. Maybe. Hello, London calling. That's it. That's what we want. That's perfect. That's exactly what we want. We can. Don't worry. Can we can. Back to the other thing. Yeah, maybe we could do this after the show. I don't know because there's not much time, and I've got to squeeze go in. On, Matt's... Go on, talk. Right. So we've had quite a nice sentimental show. Mm. I played my first ever uh, dedication to. Um, it was to Ray and Sylvia. Yes. Their 55th wedding anniversary, and they had a little boogie in the kitchen, which was nice. And then we took a call from Len, who's in his 70s, late 70s. He was a, a paratrooper, and then he said stormtrooper, but that would be inaccurate. Um, and he's not, he's not done a jump, a parachute jump, for about 30 years, and he's hankering. Yeah. He's hankering for a bit of a, a leap out of an aeroplane. He's blind, but he's hankering. Well, Pete, Peter, so, Peter, just clarify. You've called in. You think you might be able to help Len? Yeah, yeah. I've already spoke to a mate of mine, Tim, and he's an instructor right. in Reading. OK, so, um, so Tim is actually, yeah. he's a proper person. He's not just some bloke that's, that's got some really no. high stairs. No, 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 no. He, no, he, no, he throws himself out. Of, he, he throws himself out of planes all the time. He's a bit of an idiot. Okay, and uh, he, what he can, could el- are elderly people allowed to do it? Yeah, yeah, they can do it. All he's got, all he's got to do. I spoke to him about ten minutes ago. He's going to email me the form over. As long as, as long as Ling hasn't got a dodgy ticker, he's absolutely fine. He can go up there. He takes. Uh, ladies done a lady with polio, people that can't walk. This is this um, is wonderful. And, and he, he can and he video it as well. He can put a camera on his hat and, and then <laughs> video the whole thing so he'll oh. get a full coverage to watch it over and over again if he wants to do it. This, I mean, this sounds wonderful. It also sounds terrifying. I, 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 listen, Len can't come on the, 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 the air right now. He's busy. But Kelly Betts... Kelly, you've spoken to Len, have you? I called Len, yeah. He sounds really busy and rushed off his feet. He's outside somewhere. Oh, good for him. What, yeah. what, what, what would you, 
did you mention Peter's offer to him? I did. I explained the situation, and he said that he's happy for me to give Peter Len's number. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Peter, I've sent you an email with his number on because I know you're driving and couldn't take it down. Yeah, cool, no problem. I'll all, get it when I get back. All right, listen, can we, Peter, can we speak to you next week, maybe off air? Yeah, uh, cool. Because uh, we, 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 one of us will have to go down and see this, won't we? Yeah, uh, no, all of us. Let's all do it. Uh, I mean, well, I'm imagining. Well, yeah, uh, they've, got other, they've got other other guys there. If you want to have a go, with I'm. Uh, do you know what? Okay. I got a bone in my leg, but I know <laughs> someone who'd like to do it. I know Justin would love to he jump out love of an aeroplane. So what? What? Kath, yeah, Kath, Kelly, and I can be on the, the on the ground with the coffees, uh, and Justin can jump out with uh, with Len. Yeah, fine. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. Peter, you're a top bloke. Let's speak next week, because if we can make that happen, wouldn't that be awesome? Until somebody seriously injures themselves and we end up in court. And this bit of audio is played in court saying I wasn't taking it seriously Well, enough. let's fill out the relevant forms and speak to the bosses. Speak to the bosses. Let's, let's, I mean, the BBC are going to make it flipping hard to do, aren't they? But wouldn't that be amazing? If Len's going to do it anyway... We might be there just by coincidence. Mm. Wouldn't that be amazing? He's a paratrooper. He's not jumped out of a plane for 30-odd years. He's in his late 70s. He's blind. He might end up jumping out of a he plane. He still remembers the rush. Oh, man alive. It might be the last thing he remembers. <laughs> Who knows? Peter, you're a top bloke. Thank you very, very much for that. We'll follow that up. That could be, um, could be absolutely amazing. Now, we've been talking about D-Day today. Why? Well, because it's the 70th anniversary, for goodness sakes. That's why. <clears throat> we didn't know what D-Day stood for. We know it stood for freedom and it stood for uh, bravery beyond and above and beyond. We know it stood for all of those things. I didn't know what the D stood for. Now, I was surprised and relieved to find out that the rest of my team didn't know what the D stood for. Matt Lockwood has been with us this week, unfortunately. Matt? Yeah, just play the audio. Because <laughs> if I talk, you might run out of time. How long is it? It's about three minutes. Wow, that's long. It's long. Um, I tell you what I'll do. I'll play it if you use Catherine's mic and you introduce it in a 1944 voice. Go on. Oh, this Go is going to be difficult. You. I don't have to do a 1940s voice. You don't, have to, a, you don't have to do a 21st um, century voice. Yeah, terribly. Yeah. So I'm, uh, um, I need some headphones. Well, you don't really. You don't need any headphones. Oh, for goodness sake! What a diva! <laughs> right, uh, righty ho. Uh, it's Matt calling. Uh, uh, bottoms up. Here's my box. What does a D and D day stand for? Sorry to bother you. I work at Three Counties Radio. Sorry, no Do you know what the D in Sorry, D day no stands for? English. Sorry to bother you. Do you know what the D in D day stands for? We're trying to find out this morning. The D in D day. I don't know, man. No, no idea. I work at Three Counties Radio. Yeah. Ian Lee wants to know, and I don't know. What does the D in D day stand for? Any ideas? D day. What does it stand for? The D in D day. The actual D. D-Day was in a war, isn't it? Yes, yes. I think 6 June. Right. 6 June, 1944, maybe? I yes, 70th anniversary today. But what does the D in D-Day stand for? Do you know any ideas? No. No. All right. Do you know what the D in D-Day stands for? We're trying to find out this morning. I don't know. No ideas? No. Hazard a guess? I don't know, sorry. All right, thank you. Sorry to bother you. Do you know what the D in D-Day stands for? What? The D in D-Day. It's the 70th anniversary today. The D in D-Day. Ian Lee wants to know. You tell me. I'm trying to find out. Sorry to bother you. I work at Three Counties Radio. I know you're going to work. Uh, what does the D in D-Day stand for? Do you know? 
Any ideas? You know, oddly enough, I was thinking that this morning, and no, I don't. Ian Lee back in the studio, he's got no idea. I don't know either. No, I don't, and I quite agree with you. I wish they had explained it. I was listening to it on the radio this morning, the 70th anniversary, and no, nobody thought to actually explain it to us ignorant people. Well, I'm going to try and find out the answer. Thank you very much. I'm losing the world to live here. Let's try this gentleman. Sorry to bother you. No, doesn't want to speak to me. Oh, this gentleman's having a nice cup of coffee. Sorry to bother you, you're having a cigarette as well. Sorry, it's an all up. It's an all up. I'm sorry. Mate. I work at Three Counties Radio on the breakfast show, Ian Lee. He wants to know what does a D in D Day stand for? None of us know. I don't know either. I don't know either. <laughs> Would you like to know what it stands for? Yeah, what it stands for? Well, I don't know myself, I'm trying to find out. <laughs> I don't know either. It's spoken to about ten people now. <laughs> Too early in the morning. Enjoy your coffee. You I feel like Charlie Janica trying to uh, get an answer, get some result before the time runs out. I'm running now. Nobody else. This gentleman looks a bit wise and worldly. Sorry to bother you. Ian Lee, our breakfast presenter, in the building just across the road. Yeah. He wants to know what does the D in D Day stand for? Any ideas? Dunkirk. Is it Dunkirk? Yeah. Thanks for Dunkirk. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh. Have you read that on the internet? No, I haven't read it on the internet, no, but uh, someone told me. Thanks for that. Who told you that? Well, it was actually one of my uncles. He was involved in the uh, the war over there. Yeah, so, and he told me that years and years ago. You know, that's what he stood for. So D stands for Dunkirk. Dunkirk, yeah. All right, thanks very much. So, have we got an answer? Is that the right answer? No. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well done, Matt. That was that was excellent. Thank you. That's 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 made me chuckle a lot. Isn't it interesting that no one? There seems to be no definitive answer. The, the one that I'm t- tending towards is Judy. Judy, I think, got it right. W- what did Judy say? She said it was a general military term. Yeah, and that's what the official BBC line is on this one. Oh, yeah. I've got the official paper here. Yeah, that's official BBC p- paper. D-Day is a general military term for the day on which an operation or exercise is planned to commence. What's he doing? Trying to do a voice. You do it, Catherine. You're much better. Go on. No, no, you're all right. No, go on. (laughs) Don't read it all out. No? All right, but anyway. I I just got to highlight, Matt, sorry, you are at the bottom of the bullying food chain, so (laughs) that, you know. It's a general military term. Okay. I feel sorry for that fellow who thought it was Dunkirk. If his uncle was telling him that, what other nonsense was he uh, was he making up? It did, well, I'm, you know, I'm genuinely glad I asked that because it was uh, 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 it was puzzling me yesterday, and I thought today it was one of those questions. Oh, I can't ask because Kath and Matt will will laugh at me. Kelly will go, yeah, no, I don't know either. Um, it's kept us going. It's kept us. It's given us um, uh, content when there was none. Because we, we were talking about grass at one point. Apparently, in France, it's called Georges. What does that mean? D-Day. Well, no, well, Georges. Well, Jour is day, and... J? J is You're thinking of... <laughs> the French are weird, aren't they? The French are weird. Well, I'm glad we've answered that question, pretty much. We seem to sort of have uh, an answer. It's not Dunkirk, it's not uh, disembarkation, it's, uh, it's not any of the other things that you came up with, it's that. So that's good. Uh, new podcast will be up a little bit later on today. There's some cracking stuff in there, by the way. It's, uh, it, it's been a good week so far. You'll also hear 
I think we can squeeze it in. My only, um, uh, uh, th- th- well, it's my first, uh, what do you call it when you play a record for a, for a man? Request. Request, thank you. My first request I've ever done in radio. Uh, and will probably be the last one, let's be honest. Matt has very kindly recorded the links for us for this week's podcast. If you want to see what he looked like whilst he was recording those, then facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr, or you can follow at... Um, BBC3CR on Twitter or at Ian Lee and we shall uh, tweet those beautiful, beautiful yet strangely horrific images. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, clockwise between Junction 23 for the A1M and 24 for Potter's Bar. One lane is blocked after a lorry's broken down. Slow through that section at the moment. Also, the M40 London bound, a junction four for High Wycombe. There are queues on the exit slip road. We've had an update in from Helen in St Albans. Mile House Lane at the Knapsbury Lane. One lane is blocked there after a car's broken down and making things quite slow in the area. In Marlow on the sensors, the A404 struggling as you head towards High Wycombe approaching the Handycross roundabout. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Have a nice weekend. <sighs> and that is it. It is the weekend. Thank you for all your calls uh, throughout the week. Don't forget you can send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk if you want over the weekend. JBS is up next until Monday at 6 from us. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phoning, should the EDL be allowed to march through Stevenage tomorrow? Police and the council in Stevenage say they're working to ensure peaceful marches by the EDL and the TUC in the town tomorrow.